It's you. Come on in. Welcome to the scum bar. Welcome to the Scumbar Podcast Marvel Movie Marathon, where we go through the 22 films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, starting with Iron Man donning his first suit and ending with Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet. We will talk Iron Man, Captain America, the Tesseract, and everything in between. I'm your host, Captain Amatbrush, and with me today is the Red Skull himself. Good day, Captain Amatbrush. <laughs> That's not a Red Skull accent at all. I'm Anthos. Uh, I'm trying to, th- honestly, I don't really, I'm trying to recall exactly what his exact accent is like. It's like a pseudo-German kind of accent. Um, the one line I can think of that he says that's really distinct in this movie uh-huh. is the, uh, not a scratch, doctor. Oh yeah, <laughs> as he gives him the key and walks off into the rocket, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm sounding like Sean Connery, though. I apparently can't do whatever his German accent thing is, so. I think we'd um, have to listen to it a lot longer, then. and then if, if we watch it over and over again, we'll get it. Anthos, before we go ahead, yes. let me let, let me tell the audience that this podcast will contain spoilers for this movie and the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Cool, thanks. Now that we got that out of the way, I mean, I, I, I think people are, are welcome to learn that the Red Skull, this is like Hugo Weaving's last movie as the Red Skull. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Red Skull does return, but this is his he last one. He does moment. return. And I think after watching, now that I've seen this all over again, I guess it makes sense why the Red Skull ended up being where he is in Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. I guess. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say it's like a perfect equation. No. But it's... Um, and it doesn't for, need to be. For Hugo Weaving not wanting to return as the Red Skull anymore after this, mm-hmm. they did a pretty good job of still having it work in the universe. Because, I mean, the Red Skull is supposed to be huge in the Marvel comics. Mm, that's true. So it's that's kind true. of a shame he's only in the one film. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Anyways, um, Anthos, this week for our Marvel Marathon, we're going to be talking about 2011's Captain America, The First Avenger, starring Chris Evans, Sebastian Stan, Haley Atwell, Stanley Tucci, Hugo Weaving, and Tommy Lee Jones. Star-studded cast. There's so many people in this movie. It's a great cast. I love <laughs> it's it. It's crazy. Yeah. Anthos, without further adieu, let's go over a brief synopsis of the film. Well, <clears throat> <clears throat> It is 1942. America has entered World War II, and sickly but determined Steve Rogers is frustrated at being rejected yet again for military service. Everything changes when Dr. Erskine recruits him for the secret project Rebirth. Proving his extraordinary courage, wits, and conscience, Rogers undergoes the experiment, and his weak body is suddenly enhanced into the maximum human potential. When Dr. Erskine is then immediately assassinated by an agent of Nazi Germany's secret Hydra Research Department, headed by Johann Schmidt, a.k.a. the Red Skull, Rogers is left as a unique man who is initially misused as a propaganda mascot. However, when his comrades need him, Rogers goes on a successful adventure that truly makes him Captain America, and his war against Schmidt begins. So that actually is my cell phone ring for work. Um, I was trying to, when I work overtime, it'll be like three in the morning and my cell phone has to ring. 
and I'll be like asleep. And then, you know, it wakes up my fiance, it wakes up my dog. And I, I was like, it has to be something that doesn't annoy me that I wake up to. I was like, what's the most like patriotic manly sound I could think of. So I went, I'll just type in Captain America theme, see what I get. Got that song. I didn't really recognize it from the movie. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. I'll just put it on. So now for the last year, that's been my overtime song. And it's just like, it's my call to war. It's my call to battle. I remember so, that <laughs> there used to be uh, your ringtone for your mom. Or it was just like your mom called and you had it as a ringtone. Because I remember I remember we were talking. It was on my phone. And yeah, then, back yeah, in the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hope that this song doesn't end up being like really annoying like you don't associate it with the pain well, of waking up now. because of work it's been a year now and it still yeah. is fine and then okay. watching this movie was an interesting like reminder of that song and it's like ah it's still good yeah. i think it's because it kind of reminds me of band of brothers it's like the same theme as band of brothers well, not really but it's it's similar it's horns i guess it starts <laughs> similar to the superman theme he kind of is the Superman of the Marvel movies. I think so by color, but I wouldn't say... Okay, maybe maybe well, in, like, mentality, too. You're right. He doesn't have, like, the powers of Superman. Yeah. He's stoic, right? Yeah. And uh, and Iron Man is more like the Batman character. Yes, rich man with a suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Genius inventor. I guess maybe not as much of a detective, but whatever. Anyways, it doesn't really matter. It's not one-to-one, but, you know, it's close enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the Marvel version. Uh, in the podcast here, before we split the movie into three different acts and go through it and break it down, I like to do something where I talk about uh, how I felt watching this movie in theaters, what it was like before, back in the day, back in 2011 when I saw this movie. Um, I remember I was kind of dragged to this one, which is really weird <laughs> these days to think about it. But back then, I remember I saw Thor, I loved Thor, and I wanted to know so much more about the MCU universe. And I saw the trailers to this movie, and I was like, oh, it's all like in the past. And it seemed so weird to me that the movie was like going back in time. And I remember at that time, I was like, oh, okay, I'll skip this one and I'll see The Avengers Mm -hmm. when it inevitably comes out. Um, It's so weird now to think about that kind of mentality because these days you just watch anything Marvel puts out because you know you're going to get so much more story. But back in the day, like you didn't really know that, I guess. So I was just worried that I wasn't going to get anything I care about. And I remember my friends dragging me to see this. And I remember watching it, and I kind of thought it was a waste of time. <laughs> I, I saw it and was like, it's the whole movie was in the past. And I was like, so what does this matter to the Avengers at all? Like, it just, to me, it didn't matter back then, which is so funny. Because as I mentioned at the end of last week's uh, podcast, or two weeks ago, um, this movie, every time I watch it, I like it a little bit more. So it hmm. just gets better and better. Nice. So um, this last watching of it, I was really into it, and I really liked it. I don't know what I was thinking back in 2011, because this is one of the you best. You were a fool. I was a fool. <laughs> what do you remember you uh, seeing this movie for the first time? I, I I think I do. Okay, so I'm kind of the opposite because when I watched it in theaters, I think I was kind of just blown away by everything. And I just thought, oh, that looks cool. This is great. This is awesome. Um, like I didn't question how, I don't think I did, uh, how how Steve Rogers' characters, like how Chris Evans looked as like a, like a 13-year-old body in a 20-year-old man <laughs> or 19-year-old, whatever. Um, you he, just believe it. I get, yeah, I think I just I was just too engrossed in the movie already by that time for some reason. So um, that and then I, I'm thinking back now based on watching it the other night that there's all these uh, really cheesy moments and like slow-mo scenes that yeah. I find the really cheesy now in theaters. I don't think I thought that I, I probably just thought, oh, this is this is so cool the way that they're like like building this part up. And um, so I think I really I really enjoyed it in the theaters and even though I find things different now, like I notice how cheesy or maybe how off things might be, it doesn't really, 
doesn't necessarily take away my like how much I like the movie anyway because I right. I just I just found that I enjoyed I I definitely enjoy his character um I like he's he's kind of the one the one of the few characters who I guess the like the arc um I find that the story arc is not as uh as expansive as maybe some other characters because he's 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 pretty genuine he's always like kind of truly himself captain america like steve mm. rogers he's yes um and this movie is pretty much definitively showing you that it is about it's about him and who it's not is. a yeah who he is as a person not who he is as captain america exactly. captain america just happens to be the label he um he takes on like the mantle that he takes on but but truly the movie is about um the characteristics of steve rogers so just as the doctor points to his chest on his deathbed yeah you know, and he can't say anything but he just points to his chest and that tells you everything about captain america it's just it's all on the inside mm-hmm. and we, we're reminded that so much in this movie like i actually don't know who directed this i didn't search it up or anything like that but it's it's just interesting how many times they remind you of the theme of this movie which like you just said it's it's all about what what, what you're like on the inside that counts mm-hmm. and they just knock you over the head with that so much in the first half of this movie and it's so good for that but i gotta say i do agree with you on the cheesy bit um the second half of this movie is not as exciting i mean yeah my fiance and i actually re-watched the beginning like the first half of this movie we watched it and then we were we paused it because we had to go and uh, eat some food and when we're eating some food we like we're talking about it so much we're like let's just watch it again so <laughs> we re-watched from the beginning again just love that part so much but it's the second half where it does seem to drop off and it's not bad it's just it's more of an action movie in the second half mm-hmm. and it's funny because it's not necessarily what you need as much in this movie now in the later captain america films we'll get into those as we get there they're much more about the actual action and they're very good at it so the action scenes are incredible but in this movie it's not as much about the action it's so much more about the characters Mm -hmm. and what you do get is great so yeah i agree uh so i just quickly looked it up this one is directed by joe johnston uh anything else that he's done uh he did honey i shrunk the kids jumanji jurassic park 3 uh honey i shrunk the rocketeer yeah he's he's done a bunch of movies that i've actually seen and like them uh, i did not see i did not see wait october sky i think no i didn't watch that i didn't watch hidalgo and i didn't watch oh the hidalgo's Wolfman. a good film that's a really good one. Oh, that's with um, um Viggo, Viggo mortensen yeah well, i should watch that yeah hidalgo. all right um okay well let's move into hidalgo the... kidding <laughs> hidalgo act one no um uh, so we're going to break the movie down to three acts here and uh, just give our little spots on it. So act one, we both must have started at the same spot for act one here, which is the beginning of the movie. I think uh, so. I named yeah. I named mine, I Don't Like Bullies. What did you name yours? Oh, nice. Uh, I named mine, It's Hailing. As in like Hail Hydra, because ah. I, aside, aside, aside from the fact that like the movie opens up in modern day like uh, i mean technically it's they're in like a hala a hydra hala a hydra craft right. um but then anyway we we shoot to 1942 and it's about hydra infiltrating and the right, uh, yeah. the end okay. of the end of my act one it also ends with hydra kind of coming on top so right. i that's why i labeled mine it's hailing okay good good yeah. i like it um so uh, it's funny i actually one of my names is going to be a pun for a hydra thing as well i didn't name it as my fiance but i liked it so much i wrote it down so that's going to be the name of my act you're not really thinking about picking rogers are you i wasn't just thinking about it he's a clear choice 
when you brought a 90-pound asthmatic onto my army base, I let it slide. I thought, what the hell, maybe he'd be useful to you like a gerbil. Never thought you'd pick him. You put a needle in that kid's arm, it's going to go right through him. Look at that. He's making me cry. I'm looking for qualities beyond the physical. Do you know how long it took to set up this project? Of all the groveling I had to do in front of Senator What's-His-Name's committee? Yes, I'm well aware of your efforts. Then throw me a bone! Hodge passed every test we gave him. He's big, he's fast, he obeys orders. He's a soldier. He's a bully! You don't win wars with niceness, Doctor. You win wars with guts. Grenade! <laughs> oh man Tommy Lee Jones just popped in this movie I he remember really not did. liking him in the theaters like I mentioned but man he's so funny in this he's <laughs> just got this like persona that happens to pop in like everything he does I, I don't know. know I don't know how but yeah. I know I wouldn't say he's like going all out and being no. a totally new person but he he's just being Tommy Lee Jones but it works so well for who he is it's I think so funny I think yeah and especially I, I like having him be the kind of like the the rough soldier next to the uh like more sophisticated agent carter like side yes. by side and they're they're basically sure. in front of the recruits like at like the same time yeah i'd like together at all times right so i also like yeah. this thing my fiance and i were mentioning this and uh, uh we can talk about this later a little bit too but uh i just like how we get to go back in time to the earliest part of marvel and see people even older than steve rogers that helped create you know who he is and get him to that point who and then he inevitably it's like a domino effect he inevitably helped create a bunch of other people as time went on mm -hmm. it's just nice to see these this this doctor here and this colonel there and just how they've they've changed things to end up making this one man that they end up believing in inevitably so it's just so cool how they mold him to become captain america because when we look at cap later on in the series he's the oldest one we know he's like the face of the older generation but in this movie, we're actually seeing him as the younger generation and mm -hmm. the older generation molding him to be like them. So it's very interesting. Yeah, very. Yeah. Anyways, we start off the movie in Norway, which is funny. I don't know why I thought it was a totally different town, but we're in Norway and we see Mr. Filch. Mr. Filch or Walder Frey. Mr. Filch. Walder it's Frey. Walder Frey. <laughs> um, with some kind of Norwegian accent, I guess. I didn't really pick it up, to be honest. Um, but uh, it's, it's an interesting scene. He's just kind of trying to hide something. And then we get... Uh, the first entrance of the Red Skull, Doctor. Um, Johann Schmidt. Johann Schmidt. <laughs> and he comes in, and I actually really enjoyed this. I, I don't think I ever noticed these lines before, mm -hmm. but he, he's saying, like, the treasures from Odin's halls and stuff yeah. like that about how, where the Tesseract was from. And I was like, holy smokes, there's a, there's a Thor reference. And then he looked at the tree yeah. on, on the wall. And as soon as he looked at that tree, I said out loud, I was like, Yggdrasil. And then he goes, Yggdrasil. I was like, oh my god. We and know like stuff. It, yeah, it blew me away, though. I was like, he, oh my god. Like, yeah. I had no idea they actually referenced the Norse mythology of it. Yeah, so, so these are some things that I definitely did not catch when I was watching yes. it in theaters. Because, you know, yeah. like we're doing now, we're watching it in time enough that we're retaining the knowledge from movie to movie. I know. So when they make these references, <laughs> it actually makes sense to us now. I know. It's never yeah. worked like that well for me. But this time, yeah, I'm actually catching stuff so that's great yeah um and then i really enjoyed I, I don't remember the name of this the midgard serpent i can't remember the name of the serpent actually um norman gunder or something and uh mm. it's it's the snake that covers itself around uh the tree yeah and anyway so that it's funny that 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 snake that he pulled out of the the block is the thing that actually held the tesseract so the real mm -hmm. tesseract um i only i didn't have much more for notes on this other than just uh i like that whole reference with thor and i i, I like this castle whatever this castle is it's, it reminds me of like a knight's templar kind of thing There's, there was like knight helmets on the on the shelf and stuff i thought that was kind of cool well that's why i see him so much more as walder frey as opposed to Filch. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> just because of the the high the high hold 
Um, I guess in terms of the scene, I, um, I'm not sure if I caught this when I, uh, when watching it in the beginning, because I think prior to this, I never actually knew Red Skull's, um, like, human name, like his alias. Well, I guess Red oh, yeah. Skull's the alias. So maybe in the beginning, um, they they kind of teased that he was the Red Skull because they uh, when he shot Filch or Walter Frey, the yeah. blood splattered onto his hydra pin oh, yes. and just over the skull specifically, or mainly yes, over the skull, to so the red, yeah. to represent that. There's a lot a of imagery skull. in the movie for that to like kind of really hit home what he's going to look like before you see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I, I didn't think about it then. I thought about it now, and I thought, okay, nice. So we get we actually do get a little bit of a like a tease. We don't just get like spoiled like right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Also, Walter Frey does say, like, it'll burn you alive or whatever. And he's like, I've already been burned, Doctor. <laughs> Just calls yeah. him a doctor. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he, only, he only talks to doctors. He's the, he, doesn't, yeah, exactly. he doesn't think uh, he can... You he doesn't want to waste his time on anybody less than a doctor <laughs> yeah um i also just wanted to say uh in this i'll just mention it now before i forget later uh in the first act of this movie or at least what i call the first act mm-hmm. um we get references to thor we just got it yeah. uh, to iron man and then to hulk and i never really picked this up my fiance mentioned it to me though but the super soldier serum is inevitably how the uh, bruce banner ended up becoming the hulk yep um was just an offshoot of it so it's it's funny how with the avengers being those four core characters and then you get the add-ons as well but those four core characters are all referenced in the first act of this movie. So mm-hmm. being Captain America, the first Avenger, they actually did a pretty good job of tying them all, I think. Uh, keeping it all as kind of in the movie, even though they're not in the movie. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not sure if they they happen to do ref- if they happen to reference a lot more in, in regards to the Avengers as a whole in this one. But if they yeah. did, then probably would have been a good idea just to set up for... Like, knowing that Avengers was the next movie, then at least it's less of a... Um, less of like a, a jarring moment watching like all of a sudden a bunch of characters coming together like we've we've had we've had enough moments um getting to know the characters individually and getting references to the other characters so that we know that there is already some sort of connection building up yeah so i think story wise or maybe storytelling wise is probably a good idea to do it that way as opposed to just compartmentalize each of the characters and all of a sudden bring them together true yeah yeah um, I've got nothing else for the scene, so I'm ready to move into uh, New York, if you're ready to move New in. New York, yeah. I'm ready right. for New York. So we get to move in. We get to see Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers. Young and skinny and behind a newspaper. Timmy I love that Timmy. little gag with the newspaper being above his head, and then like he like crinkles it, and you realize yeah. it's so short. <laughs> oh, man. And now watching it, watching this time around, I'm like, what? This is so, oh. so weird. And his something about his mouth looked too big to be that close to his chin. Do you know how, they, know. Do you know how they film this? I don't. No, do you know? Okay. Yes, uh, you can watch the CGI guys on uh, YouTube that do it. The um, Corridor Crew. Okay. Uh, they do a whole segment on Marvel movies, and it's really cool. They go behind the scenes on a lot of this stuff, but they show you the Steve Rogers ones because it's really well done. Hmm. But th- what they did is every single take with Steve when he was a skinny um, guy, what they did is they filmed it twice. So they had a body double, and the body double would do all the movements. Then they'd have um, Chris Evans come in, and he'd do the exact same take. Now, Chris mm-hmm. Evans is obviously huge. And then they'd get the editors to come in, and the editors would stitch Chris Chris Evans's face onto the body doubles, um, so they'd make one take out of it in the end. Right. The body so, double was he like like a thirteen year old kid how, or something? No, no, he's just a really skinny guy. But that oh, was how okay. skinny he was. Wow. Um, 
So that was a real person. And then that was a real head of Chris Evans. And then it was just stitched together. So that is why the mouth you could see would be a little bit off in some moments. Cause you know, it's, they hadn't used it as much for the technology. It was a bit newer at the time, mm-hmm. but it is crazy. Sometimes it's just uncanny and you're like, Holy smoke. Like it's, it's believable enough that you just forget about it. And you're like, geez, like you get into it. I think when there's less lighting, it's a little bit more believable, but yeah, yeah not, not to say, like, I never really thought that the whole, his whole body was CGI. Like I could tell that they had, a. Uh a body double who happened to be like that much smaller. Right. But I think um, maybe, maybe just because of his, like Chris Evans's face, like his structure, it just didn't seem to work for the size of his body. <laughs> it, just, it doesn't look proportioned. Right. So maybe if they did it around now, they'd have, uh, they'd yeah, have better they, techniques to doing it. There's been some more movies that have used the same technique uh, since now or since then. And uh, they've done it a lot better since then. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sure they could have done it better, but it is crazy looking at the footage and seeing how they did it though. It's yeah. uh, it's really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, interesting in the scene when he goes to, he's trying to recruit himself to get into the army. Uh, we get to find out that his parents are dead and I had no idea that Steve was an orphan. So I'm assuming this is not, something he just lied about on the form but he says that his dad died of mustard gas and that his mom had died of tb and i think he's telling the truth there in that moment because his parents are never mentioned ever again right you know what i'm actually not sure either but i wouldn't doubt it yeah so it's just an interesting thing it's just it's very much the hero story where he's orphaned from a you know like harry potter kind of thing he's, mm-hmm. he's an orphan from the beginning so i just had no idea that that was in this movie as well but yeah apparently it seems to be part of the trope there uh and then he got the big old 4f so he got denied from the big army again Old 4f yeah you know what okay there's something this is kind of just like a small small note but those um i, I don't know why but the font of those stamps <laughs> like the 4f were like the one was one a something yeah. about it actually looks like the swastika yes like i think I, 4f i think it was on purpose the 4f the way they did it they tried to make it look like the swastika oh, okay. so they cut to one they cut to a swastika like not long after that and yeah I was like, oh, okay so I, I felt like they were trying to do that as a transition thing yeah it seemed like it um i don't yeah. know why but they were like mm-hmm. okay so you don't join the army so you're a nazi <laughs> <laughs> this is how you must feel yeah um so we see steve go to a movie theater uh watching little timmy doing his part too um i just like the movie theater scene because we actually get a parallel to this later on in the uh in the movie where he's back in a movie theater so i just mm. like that he's in the movie theater and he's feeling a little bit helpless um but still trying his best so then there's a bully and he tries to take on the bully mm-hmm. and uh i just like that he's in the scene and, and then, then we get we... that famous alley scene <laughs> yeah and we we get to see what uh, i guess this would be the first characteristic of uh steve rogers charisma that we get that he's uh he's not somebody who runs from a fight he stands up for what he um what he he feels like he should and he does it he doesn't back down and we also get the first famous line i can do this all day i love it i love it now i can't remember now so you don't have to tell me um but I, i can't remember if he says it in endgame or not but i know on these podcasts i said earlier before we knew what Endgame was going to be, I knew I said that he has to say that in Endgame at some point. And I can't remember if he does or not, but he really has to because it's such a good bookend for his character. I just want to see him fight Thanos and then him say, I could do this all day. Like, it's just so perfect. <laughs> so he doesn't actually say it to Thanos. And technically, the current version of Steve Rogers that we're watching in the first Avengers is not the <laughs> one that we 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 see that says oh, it because he okay, fight he yeah. fights himself uh, right and okay, so that's when he says the line yeah so his uh ah, his younger his younger version is he says it to to our our timeline steve rogers right and it's the whole like um so he says like i can do this all day and then our steve rogers goes yeah yeah i know 
I think I think because by that time, you know, we're 22 movies in, and it's not the first time we've heard it. We've already heard it like two or three times. So yeah, I I I like that in the Endgame they kind of take some time to call out all these things that from the beginning that okay we we've heard we know you've heard enough of it. This is what we think of it too. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I I just I, maybe it's cheesy, but I like bookends like that. So I thought it would have been kind of fun to see yeah. him and Thanos have that little battle. Yeah, I that would have that would have been really good actually if he um oh man if as as soon as like Mjolnir came back to his hand or something yeah. like that, I don't know, yeah. like maybe some sometime around then, but but yeah. I, I know what you mean. It would have been nice to have that in in a really big moment against Thanos. But we do get our first uh, shield here, so we use the trash can as a shield as well. So we get a really like it's it's pretty quick, but we just get a nice glimpse of Captain America how he likes to be. He's got a shield in front of him. And he likes to use that because he's ready for a battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just interesting. It's I like how the shield is like becomes his weapon of choice, and they do a good job of like calling to it before he even gets his actual shield weapon of choice. So mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. And it's almost um, like because the shield gets swatted away, you're kind of led to believe already that okay, it's not about the shield. The shield does nothing. Oh, good point. Yeah. 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 That's probably like a small thing. They might not have necessarily made it like they didn't want it to connect like that. But I think as a result, I kind of just I see it that way. Well, next we get uh, good guy Bucky comes to save the day. Yeah. Comes in and uh, gets rid of the bully real quick. Um, I like their relationship, Bucky and Steve. It's uh, part of the reason why the movies still work later on with Civil War and with Black uh, Winter Soldier. I mean, hmm. Um yeah, it's it's just it's a good relationship between the two of them, and uh, I just I like Bucky in these movies. I think he's he's just a really solid character and makes Steve better as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I so Steve asked where we're going, and he says we're going to the future. I really think that that's a call to I think the so later too. movies. I think so too. I've, yeah. I thought the exact same thing. They're yeah. obviously going to the Stark Expo, but it's just like, I feel like the writers knew what they were doing in that moment. Steve, yeah. we're going to the future. And it was like, wink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's a, such a specific line. It can't mean like, oh, we're just going yeah. to a convention. But it definitely means like, yeah, with, with this movie, we're going to be projecting forward. Like yeah. something, something bigger is happening later in the future. We're just in this time frame for now. That's all. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which we then get to go to the Stark Expo future, which uh, did you catch... Like, I never got this before, but did you catch that this is so similar to uh, Iron Man 2? Yeah, yeah, I was I, thinking about that as well, yeah. Yeah, I never I never got that, but it's like, it's just like when Tony's on the stage in Iron Man 2 and he's got the cheerleaders with him and stuff, and I was like, oh, this is the same thing, it's mm-hmm. just in the 40s. Like, yeah, so I, I think this whole, that whole scene was literally just to show, like, the, um, well, to start, to start showing the, the uh, similar characteristics of Howard and Tony, um, yeah. knowing that he is, like, Tony's father, um, he already had the means to be, um, he already had like the resources to produce high tech stuff. Um, yes. but then we also find out later on in Iron Man, in Iron Man 2 that he, he didn't actually have all the resources, but he was doing the best with what he had. Right. And, um, and he was able to show a lot for it anyway. We also get an interesting, uh, dynamic here with Steve and, uh, Tony Stark already. So Steve is getting introduced to Stark technology here and it, with the car hovering and it instantly it breaks and falls down. But Tony like, or sorry, um, uh, What's his name? Howard. Howard, thank you. Howard kind of just brushes it off with a little joke, and then everyone keeps going on their merry little way. But you can almost see that, like, you can almost see Steve and Bucky, like, just not trusting that tech right away. They're just instantly like, ah, I don't like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they were like, ah, whatever, just some kooky guy doing his thing. And it's like, it just kind of starts that prejudice that Steve will have for Tony right away, because he's not going to trust that kind of thing. He wants something that's more um, real and raw and open and honest. And uh, so I think that that's, it's already the start of the Tony and, uh, and steve relationship we'll get later on yeah that's interesting it's like um they it's kind of like because they're old school um for them it's not about like progress forward progress forward progress forward it's about stick to your guns kind of thing yeah yeah 
Yeah, um, we got the girls that want to go dancing. Steve runs off, goes to the uh, wants to go recruit himself to be a soldier again. Um, there's an He's interesting. Not tall scene. enough to see him his face in the reflection. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's another moment. It's it's more about who you are on the inside and not about your physical reflection on the outside. And like I love that shot. He just steps on the pedestal. I love I love the guy before him. He just like steps and he looks so perfect. And then the girl's like, "Come on, soldier, or whatever." Like it's like yeah. a joke. But then Steve gets in there. And it's just he's with no one. He yeah. doesn't fit the thing. It's just like <laughs> I and I kind of see it as um uh that he doesn't need to he doesn't need to change himself to be. He doesn't need to put himself in somebody else's, um, I guess, like body per se to mm. uh, to be somebody who's good, who does good. Yes. So, yeah, another one of those moments. I do like that. Um, and then Bucky comes out and calls him out for it, too, right away. And I, I really like the Bucky and Steve argument that happens here. Um, they both have this interesting argument with uh, the doctor in the background overhearing them. Mm-hmm. Now, it's funny because they both actually are right here. Both of them are arguing with each other and both are right. Because, like, Steve's like, no, nah, you don't get it, Buck. Like, it's all about, um, what does he say? He's like, it, it doesn't, it, I don't want to just I, work for, like, is it? Oh, well, he, he, well, I've got one line. I have no right to do any less than them. Yes. And I, I really like that one because, uh, yeah, it does show, like, um, he he believes that, you know, he's a part of this nation that other people are putting themselves on the line for to protect it, to protect, like, the nation, but also the people. And that's yeah. how he feels. He wants to be able to do that. But it's not even just a want, like, he he feels like this obligation like i have no right to do any less than that means like he really believes that he should be doing more right yeah and but when bucky calls him out and says right because you've got nothing to you've got nothing to prove right yeah and like you can see that moment in steve where it's like ooh, like it almost hits him because it's like oh like maybe even steve's wondering it like am i doing this for the wrong reasons like i think even he's just kind of like you might be right. Like, you might, because he's been the little guy for so long. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's interesting just seeing the two of them. But what I love is the fact that they still have that respect for each other. Yeah. They're mad at each other, and then right away they get back to, you're going off to war, we need to make this clean kind of thing. And then they're just they're just friends again. I just I love that moment. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of well like two, two opposing brothers who, yeah. like, but they have each other's backs because they complete each exactly. other, right? Yeah. 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 More Steve and Bucky, please. Um, Stucky. <laughs> Stucky. <laughs> so then we get uh, the good old doctor, um, like uh, Dr. Erskine. Mm-hmm. Erks- Erskine? Er- Erskine, um, I, th- I, believe. Erskine? I think that's the way that Red Skull refers to him. Erskine, Erskine. okay. Dr. And, uh, Erskine. I love how he like freaks out Steve at first. He's yeah. just like, which one Which one are you? Are you from Bronx? Are you from <laughs> like all these places? Yeah, do you want to go overseas and kill the Nazis? Yeah. And, so uh, you want to kill Nazis? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah and then he's just like i'm sorry um but yeah then you get obviously the the best line the um you never answer my question do you want to kill uh nazis is i don't want to kill anybody Mm -hmm. i just don't like bullies yeah and that's such a perfect line he's obviously passing this test um the psychological test here of uh are you power hungry are you there just to kill like what do you want out of this Mm -hmm. and he just wants it to stop he doesn't like bullies he thinks yeah. everything should be fair. He's very stoic about it. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're looking for, is someone to be like that. And it's it's such a great scene to, again, rip down everything and just tell you exactly who Steve Rogers is. Yep. That's why this movie's good. It's mostly because of Steve Rogers. It's not because of Red Skull, as we all know. He's not a very good villain in this movie. But Steve is fantastic on screen. You just want to be Steve. He's so good. Yeah, at least you want to you wanna be the big Steve. You might not necessarily want to be the small Steve who, <laughs> who stands up for himself and, and then gets beat You want to have but... his personality. And I think yeah. the thing is, he's, he's larger than life, though. Like, no one is no one is Steve Rogers. But mm-hmm. that's kind of the point. Like, he's kind of one in a million, which is why the doctor instantly says, like, we're going to give you a shot. Why, we've had a lot of the big guys. Maybe we need a little guy. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah. When does the little guy live? Um, another thing too, which is funny, is that Steve has been lying to all these guys, telling them different names in different places he lives. Mm-hmm. Um, when the doctor comes in, the doctor says his name, and Steve says his name is Steve Rogers. He instantly tells him his real name, and I don't know if it's because he's intimidated, thinking that he's already screwed, or if he instantly trusts the doctor. Like I, I can't tell which one it is, but it's one or the other. I guess I was under the interpretation that he already felt like caught and like caught off guard too. That, yeah, maybe that uh, was it. Yeah, that it just like it wouldn't do him any good to just try to try to lie out of the situation, and not that yeah. he would, like he doesn't seem like the type that would necessarily lie to get out of being caught. Like he would just like fess up, right? I think that but that's part of his character. It does seem like he's never given any of these recruitment officers his real name, Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. and his real location, Brooklyn, because the guy the guy asks him which one are you or where are you actually from, and he says Brooklyn. Yeah, but that was never in the list of places. So mm-hmm. it seems like he actually never went to a recruitment place in Brooklyn. Um, which makes me think it's kind of funny that the first place that he doesn't lie about it, he says his real name and he says the actual city. That's the one that he gets to go. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of this funny thing is like it was like meant to be, it was kismet or something. Yeah. That's probably something more for the audience to like, just be yourself. For right? sure. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which actually is mostly what this movie is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then we get to go into our war montage, which is very Band of Brothers. Um, it's very <laughs> episode one of Band of Brothers and uh, it's kind of funny. I, I really like it where they're running up the hill and they're trying to get the flag We've got that awesome flag moment where Steve is very smart. Yeah, he just to show that he's not like later on when we see Captain America, he's not just all brawn, but he had exactly. brains to begin with. He's yes, got he's I, got ingenuity. They're pretty smart in this movie by doing that to show you that he's more than just the strength. He's got more than just that, and I love that. It's that's what you want to know more if he's a good leader. Yeah, so. and I feel like they didn't overdo it. Like yes, a couple right. moments there, because I I can see um, like how you would want to paint more of a picture just showing like way more instances of him being able to overcome by the use of his tactics and brain. Um, and then, and then once you've like been totally full on that, then later on you can flip the other side in. You can just like go all brawn. Yep. But I think because Captain America, like the character himself, he's, he's a pretty good balance of, of both. Like he never just runs into a fight um, like fist first. Um, like he's, he's always got some sort of plan or strategy along with it. And so I think, mm. uh, I think just getting a little bit of a taste for, um, yeah, like that. I I feel like the flag moment might be like the one truly defining moment where we see his brain in action. But yes, especially um, since he's still the little guy at that moment too. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think just that is it's probably enough for me. You I know, also just, love the boldness of him not saying anything and just walking into the van truck and just saying thank yeah, you, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. It's so bold. I love it. Yeah. Um, sorry, I did I did skip a little scene though. So we do get That's the introduction okay. of Tommy Lee Jones and uh, and Peggy Carter um what's mm. the general's name i can't remember it right now general... colonel phillips oh colonel sorry colonel phillips colonel phillips go. yeah um so colonel phillips and peggy carter we get that scene you already broke it down a little bit there which is really funny she punches the guy in the face and then we've got this really stern colonel phillips and this really um well can hold her own peggy carter <laughs> oh yeah and i think it's such a shame that um the series with peggy carter didn't oh. uh didn't finish but i think um yeah just seeing seeing her character in this movie alone like like there's there's already so much about her that would be so cool to see, because yeah. um, uh, she's just she's just she's a very confident and a very strong character, and I think it's also kind of interesting that when they introduce her, they don't int- like they introduce her as agent because she is an agent, right. but then like they they do it so um, so quickly that it's kind of like you don't really have a second thought like why is there an agent at this military like that doesn't really make sense because you'd think an agent would be doing like often like 
agent officer like uh right or something like that so i it's obviously like a like a big deal that she is here um anyway that's side side story stuff yeah i never thought about it like that but i guess it's mostly because of the recruitment for the super soldier that they're mm-hmm. trying to find but yeah, yeah. I, I never thought about the fact that yeah she is an agent so why is she there at the military base mm-hmm. but that yeah. yeah that's interesting um yeah so we get that uh scene um flagpole scene and then yeah then we get the famous grenade scene as well which went over in the uh in the little act before this and um yeah i I like that grenade scene because again it's it's hammering home the fact that it's all about who you are on the inside and steve again is willing to lay his life on the line for all the other men out there Mm -hmm. because um i wouldn't say he thinks he's worthless but he thinks that you know he at least can be the shield for all the other men out there so i, I think really enjoy it, that he does i that. think it's like he he thinks his life is worth putting on the line for others yes something like that um, yeah and then he would have proved something right like he's i don't know he, he's got he's got a hero complex in that sense i guess and that that can be to his detriment um i get they never actually have really done that in the movies as far as i can remember but they they almost should have thrown that in as a weakness of his that he, he'll always do the right thing so you can always bet on him doing the right thing Oh, so I they see. They should have had a villain that played to that. I mean, actually, I guess Civil War kind of gets they, into that territory. Yeah, so. exactly. I think, and yeah. they they kind of do a lot of that throughout Civil War. Um, I think maybe maybe it's okay that they didn't put that into here because then we'd have we'd have too many things to focus on about right. Um, learning about his character. Well, it's again, it's a parallel to Harry Potter as well. It's another with the, the hero complex, and uh, that's that's one of Harry's biggest weaknesses in that story as well. And it's uh. It's used against him when eventually he just has a saving people thing that he does. Another so. parallel with Harry Potter is that um, the main antagonists lack noses. <laughs> so we have Mr. Filch. We have a hero complex who has an orphan. Yeah. Uh, and we have a no-nosed villain. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's how you make a movie. Yeah. Apparently that's how you make yeah. it. <laughs> yes. Um, we also get the Dr. Oh, is it Erskine? Erskine. Yeah. Okay. Erskine. Dr. 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 Eskin um, and Steve drinking schnapps. I really like this one. This is a really good scene. Um, <laughs> this line here where he says, uh, people often forget that the first country the Nazis invaded was their own. Mm. That one hits me like it, it hit me in the theater when I saw it. And I, I never forgot that line because, and I've used that line in conversation with people because it's just, it's so real. Like mm, it's such yeah. a raw line. It's like, Oh my gosh. Like that's like, we're not even watching a superhero movie. We're watching a history movie here. It's like it's sad and it's raw and it just gets you. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I I especially like how <laughs> he decides to take both drinks. Oh yeah. Uh, and he says, I, "I don't have a procedure tomorrow. I will drink." And it's, just, it's <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I love I love that moment no, for some reason. No, it's drink tomorrow. No, I don't have a procedure tomorrow. Yeah, drink today. Yeah, you you can't have fluids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I drink it. Uh, yeah, he's so good. And uh, my fiance was she was um, when she watched uh, after he does the invaded the Nazis invaded their own country line. He st- he does a breakdown of uh, General Schmidt. Uh, or wait, is he a general? No, I can't. I'm getting all my titles mixed uh, up here. He was also a doctor, I believe, then became a general or something. Well, whatever. He breaks down like the um, yeah, the history there of Schmidt, and uh, and it's really interesting. And her and I were both discussing how it's like we never really remembered any of that, but they actually do break down quite a bit of this villain. So I can't, I can't say this movie doesn't give you enough of the villain before we see the villain at the end because they do actually give you quite a bit of backstory about the villain and all about his motivation too. So we're with the villain throughout the whole movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just not very compelling for some reason. I, no. don't, I don't really know what it is, but he's just not that compelling. I think it's just because it's just the search for power kind of thing, I guess right? So, yeah. It's kind of like cliche, um, yeah. which is, it's just supposed to be 
the opposing force to Captain America. Like Captain America is not yeah. about about getting about gaining power. It's about protecting people. But there's the a right lot thing. of great parallels in this movie. Like it's almost like they did everything right, except for maybe yeah, maybe the villain just didn't have a good enough motivation or something. But they did all the scenes right, and we'll get to that later on. But it's it's really interesting how they do the parallels between the two of them. Um, it, if it was like a, a five-part series or let's say a Harry Potter-esque seven-part series, it would have been really <laughs> interesting to see the parallels as they grow. Yeah. But uh, in one movie and only in one single contained movie, it's it's sad that, it, that that's all it really is. He just ends up being on the wall as another Marvel villain that we barely know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and b- before moving on, so as Erskine is talking about uh, like Schmidt's history, um, there's kind of like that montage where you see Schmidt with like the Hitler or the, the swastika kind of like flag in the background, right. but they show like multiple image of images of Schmidt, like side by side. And yeah. it's almost like he's become agent Smith. Oh, <laughs> cause there's just a whole bunch of like, um, Hugo weavings just on screen. Right. Just, yeah. Of course yeah. it's Elrond. It's agent Smith. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like how it cuts to the red skulls kind of uh, hide out there and it shows the guy who's painting him. I think this is an interesting uh, yeah. touch. Again, it's something the director did pretty well is we're not showing his face, but we know he's the Red Skull at this moment now. We know yeah. an operation happened to him and it went wrong. And I love how the painter is painting him. And without us ever seeing that painting, we know it's hideous and we know yeah. that his face is only one color. <laughs> because like the red itself looks like it's all like ravaged for some reason. Like Yeah, like, I know. I don't like, know it's, the... it's, it's like the painting disgusts you and you've never seen it. And that, yeah. that's that's powerful. I have to say, like, they're building him up really well. Mm-hmm. It just falls flat, unfortunately. But they do build him up well. Yeah. I Well, I, I would say the reason why it falls flat later is because, like, we... I think we don't get what we wanted to see yeah. happen between Steve Rogers and um, uh, and Red Skull. Like, we, we get a lot of these moments where they'll... Like, they meet a few times. Um, but they... Like, the meetings aren't... I guess it's just because of like Red Skull's character because he's so confident in everything he's doing that mm. um, like he he doesn't feel stressed to change or to do anything right. different like he kind of just sticks to it like well oh whatever this is my plan I just keep doing it and so like I don't know we don't like we get we don't need to see that from or it, it, I don't know maybe it makes less sense to see that from the antagonist because we we obviously want to see the antagonist um, lose but then it's more climactic if he if he sees that he's on top right but it doesn't ever yeah. it doesn't ever feel like that to me maybe it feels like that to the to red skull but it doesn't it doesn't i don't get that portrayal that's a good point yeah they don't give him enough power to really control much because mm-hmm. the story it spends so much time on steve but honestly they did a good enough job to convince me on steve so yeah so it's good hmm. um so we get a scene where steve and peggy are then heading off to go to the super soldier serum facility yeah facility thing and i don't have much to say except for i just love when they get to that little shop and the woman's just like wonderful weather today and she's like yes but i always carry an umbrella yeah <laughs> i'm just like what if you forgot the code you know just yes but not in paris but and then they're just like hmm would you like to buy a coat rain <laughs> in spain falls is... mainly in, or something i can't remember what the, the thing is uh, yeah, yeah then, exactly. what, then what would happen would she shoot her like if, if, well apparently she's if you try uzi yeah exactly behind the counter like yeah geez. actually wait she's got an uzi that she was using later but then when she it, went it's to a press tommy the buzz... gun it's not an uzi but yeah or sorry she's got a tommy gun that it's she was shooting sentence. um the hydra person as he was escaping but then yeah. when she went to buzz the the thing to let them in wasn't that that was just like a handgun like taped under the table that so she's got she's probably got more I than just 
I think she has yeah, more she's than probably just loaded that with gun. weapons. She's, yeah, but then she sure. doesn't get to use any of it. She just dies. I, so I bet you there's like a whole backstory to that woman that we don't know. There's, she probably did so many crazy things before that moment, but all oh, we yeah. get to see was her almost gun down this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah. if she did shoot that guy too. That would have like really just Steve wouldn't have had to do anything. <laughs> that would be interesting. We <laughs> then the, the the first act just revolves around. Um, Steve just kind of getting to this point where he doesn't need to do the work. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, that's not what happens. So uh, yeah. they go into Steve's operation, which is a good scene. I like this scene. It's um, you get all the characters that you already now know, and they're all in one room, and they're working together on everything they've been talking about this last little while, turning Steve into the super soldier. And uh, it's interesting because you don't know as the audience like really what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though even on rewatch of this film you're still kind of like you're still so intrigued you're like oh how's it gonna go down what's all the procedures what's happening to him in the moment when those pads hit him and stuff and you're just like you you feel so tense for him Mm -hmm. um and then i love how they even they even like call you on that when they put the little needle in him and then he's like oh that wasn't so bad they're like yeah that that was uh what is it penicillin that was penicillin (laughs) (laughs) that was penicillin yeah exactly it's so good because like Man. you are feeling like you're steve in that moment it's just you're not sure what's happening and then when he starts screaming when they turn on the machine he starts screaming um yeah you're kind of shocked you're like oh my gosh like is it going wrong <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and i i felt i kind of felt like the so his screams of agony like for me that wasn't as believable as when he started saying no i can do this like yes. when he said that i'm like yes you can do this i believe in you like i, I was feeling <laughs> yeah. it I, yeah i loved it I agree with you on that. It's it's uh, it reminds me of like Dragon Ball Z or something like that. One line doesn't hit as much, and you're like, eh, that's kind of gross or cheesy. And then there's just another line that hits you, and you're just like, yes, yes, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, that's uh, I do love that when he says I can do that, and you just feel it with him. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can, Steve. And then thing comes yeah. off, and the editors can finally. I was making the joke when he comes out of the thing, he's looking so like relaxed and kind of like Ugh, and like. I was just like, oh, that's all the editors. They're just finally relaxing. They don't have to do the CGI <laughs> face on the body anymore. Actually, okay, I got this impression each time I watched it. So when the when the thing opens up, there's a little bit of, like, a red glow. And I'm mm. like, oh, no, what happened? Did they give him, like, this red, like, is this supposed to be a red glow that he's, like, emanating energy? But then, no, it just happens to be just, like, the inside of the container just was, like, glowing oh, on him. It wasn't just his that. body glowing it. With the and parallel of the red skull, I never thought about that, though. It just, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Um and then but i also remember thinking uh in the theaters that like when the thing opens up he just looks so cramped because his muscle his muscles are just way too big now they just can't fit in the thing that he originally fit in when he was like an 18 year old he's like a baked bread you know he just puffed up so much (laughs) yeah he (laughs) rised yeah it must be so weird from his perspective to grow like a foot (laughs) like oh exactly yeah like, I don't know what how, do you, how do you feel five five foot four and now he's like six foot six or something I don't know how tall he is but he's quite tall he ends up being yeah much bigger yeah yeah um so yeah it must be very strange just mm-hmm. suddenly looking down on things um but again as the good doctor had said you know he's it's all about what he's got inside and that's what matters mm-hmm. and quickly he gets tested this next scene is pretty much just to show us everything Captain America can do and uh so there's a spy in the facility he uses one of his many lighters <laughs> to <Yep. laughs> blow up the building i don't know how he gets all those lighters unless they're all the same lighter but i assume they're different ones i don't know how he like doesn't mix them up and like accidentally use the wrong one <laughs> like I, I feel like they probably all would have done the same job right like he just needs to be in the vicinity of the thing he's trying to do at that time with yeah. that lighter yeah exactly <laughs> like i Bluetooth. think i think that's that's just like a hydra it's almost like a double or not double like an agency thing 
like uh, you know be prepared for whatever situation and these all do what you needed them to do i really like the spy aspect of it but i, I wish like one was like a ballpoint pen or something just to like, mix it up yeah like, slightly but still it was it was fun though it's cool to have a little spy chase um i like watching steve run through the alleys and stuff and uh he's suddenly getting his speed and he actually goes too fast and like runs into and the crashes and into the store yeah exactly yeah. which is it's good because then like we like it makes sense that yeah like he's not he hasn't adjusted to this like completely new body yes um so it's a little bit more realistic he's like running for the first time you know it's really interesting <laughs> he looks down at his feet like whoa i can run <laughs> We get our second shield mentioned here where he ends up ripping off the taxi cab door yep. as a shield. Um, it's even got the star on it, which I thought is just, yeah. just nice little imagery there. It's, mm-hmm. it's really well done. I love how you can take stills from this movie and it's just got like symbolism right in the still image of it. So mm-hmm. that's another good one. I love how it somehow his cab door blocks the bullets. I guess back then cars are just much more made of metal and stuff. So Yeah, they're all like steel and metal. Nowadays they're aluminum or yeah, something. Or a yeah. Tesla. Or yeah, yeah, they're made of Tesla. Yeah, uh, it's Elon Musk. He's uh, he's made a skin, and then uh, they just grow, naturally grow the synthetic skin, and then they make the cars out of the skin. Yeah, in fact, the, then... the the cars are living. Actually, he has two cars mate, and it creates more cars. That's mm-hmm. actually and how he powers Tesla them with play. love. <laughs> um, so then uh, Steve catches up to the spy. We get that awesome scene with the little boy. Spy throws the boy into the water. <laughs> into the water. I just, I thought that was just so funny. Yeah. It like, it was kind of, it was very unnecessary. Like, I know it makes I, no sense. I like, guess, yeah. I guess, I guess, sure. Like they both, like, okay, as um as a bystander, I wouldn't have necessarily thought of, um, of it as like hero and villain kind of thing. I would just, mm. I might have just thought of it like the situation as like oh this guy he he's like a robber and like the clerk yes. is chasing after him and i wouldn't mm-hmm. want to get involved with that because like whatever not doesn't doesn't involve me and so when i see that yeah he chucks the kid it's like oh he's a hero he must save him and then the then the kid's like oh i can swim <laughs> and it's just like totally negated everything that just happened that's just it is pretty funny though it's and, okay i can swim and then he's like <laughs> go like, he says he sees he says to steve like go get him as if he thinks he already knows he's so confident in steve's ability to take down this guy who he's never met either of them but just but just believes that he can take him down so it's like i don't know it's it's just it's a funny moment that's so true i never thought about that <laughs> <laughs> well mind. steve does he jumps down he swan dives into the uh into the ocean and goes and gets that submarine yeah um <laughs> interesting scene they just kind of tosses him somehow toss him like really quickly throughout the water yeah. and then onto the thing he I punches through almost... glass in the water yeah first of all anyway sorry that's I, I, it, no i know i know it's, <laughs> it's to show you how strong he is but it yeah. is just it's very interesting yeah um but yeah, I, I do love how you think he's got him and he's about to get all the answers and then the cyanide pill, that's a really smart way of showing the cyanide pill. It's uh it's it's horrific to watch it because you're like, ah, because it again it's based on history. It's like it's it's a it's a raw moment that's really interesting to see, but the spy <laughs> using a real cyanide pill like that. Yeah, and, and this uh, is this is where I finish my act one because for me at this moment it's where um like yes steve caught him but it was it was still kind of hydra coming out on top exactly because like they don't get to capture him they don't get information from him and he even does that that line like i'll cut off one head and two more take its place yes and so it it is kind of just like okay well hydra pretty much won this round even though you you got my body kind of exactly yeah and i'm glad you said that that's exactly what i was saying too because it is this whole first act is about steve getting to know who he is and how he can make a difference in the world and then this is the moment where he sees the threat 
that he mm-hmm. will have to go against later yeah. on in the movie. So yeah, this is his introduction to Hydra, his personal experience to Hydra. And yeah. yes, it's a failure on his part. So he uh, that's our transition into our next act. So mm-hmm. yes, I agree with you there. Okay. Um, Let's move into act two, which I have named a circus animal. <laughs> Starts when Steve is super, but not accepted into army. <laughs> so that's the whole act two name. <laughs> I just have to write like a short note so I know where I was talking about. Okay, no, that's, that's fine. <laughs> um, I named mine the Star Spandex Man. Oh, nice. Because he wears a like suit that. for like... Star Spandex Man. Yeah, because <laughs> he becomes like uh, like known in that suit. And then even later on when he goes off on that kind of um, like secret mission, he's wearing that suit mm. underneath like the extra clothes he puts on. Right, so he's yeah. pretty much got it on for the whole Oh, yeah, act, which is like the tights. <laughs> yeah, he yeah he comes... Um, what does he say to, uh, to Bucky Barnes? Like, uh, it's kind of growing on me. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Which is borderline getting into the Incredible Hulk territory of like wearing the shorts, but uh, yeah, it's uh, at least it's not so bad. It's just you know, it's one yeah. of those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> not to scratch, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> That's my uh, Tony Stark built this in a cave <laughs> for this movie. Is not to scratch, Doctor. <laughs> Me, Steve. Steve, come on, Steve. I-, I thought you were dead. I thought you were smaller. <laughs> Uh, I, I like that scene. Yeah, me nice. too. <laughs> so we've got um, just a quick scene where, just to break it down, Tommy Lee Jones tells Chris Evans that he no longer can be Captain America. No, he tells um, Captain America that he's not really worth it anymore. He was a failed lab experiment, and he's going to have to spend the rest of his days in the lab because it's not, you know, wh- the mission is failed at this point, essentially, mm-hmm. which is where we start this act because Steve is instantly, as I put it when I was watching it, right back at ground zero. So we mm-hmm. just knocked him down a peg and he wants to go back into the army and can't get into the army again so here he is right back to how he was before yeah. um so we have the guy who gives him the opportunity to go into the bonds game and get into weirdest take of all but into acting so <laughs> yeah captain america becomes an actor which I-, I remember seeing this in the theater i had no idea they were going that direction and it seemed so jarring and weird that mm-hmm. that's where he went to but i do like this angle it's actually really smart to put him into the wanting to be in the war, but still can't be in the war. And now he's a mockery of the war, which is really funny. Yeah, I never thought about it like that, but I, I like that you bring attention to that. That he, yeah, gets, um, pretty much just goes back to square one. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, and that's that's probably just another call to this whole, like, like yes, you have this newfound strength, but that's not what we need. Exactly. And that's what he said. That's what the uh, colonel says to him. It's yeah. like, that, that's, that's not, you're not what we need. Yeah, yeah you I, I you're, wanted, you're not enough to do that. Yeah, I wanted an army, but I got one. Or I just got you or something yeah, like that. Yeah, all we yeah. have is you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he goes and he becomes an actor. Um, I like this little montage of him doing his acting. You get Chris Evans doing some horrible acting, you know, on purpose. And I, I think it's fun where he's just reading from the script. <laughs> yeah. I had the barrel, your best guy's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like the the little shout out to the Captain America comics. I thought that was really interesting. You see all the kids reading Captain America comics, and it's got the old mm. Captain America font and stuff on that. I really like seeing the old Marvel stuff actually thrown into the movies. I yeah, think it's fun to see that. It reminds me of uh, Logan, where they had the the X Men comics in the Logan movie. So I thought that was just oh, just a nice they? callback. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I, I do like the progression here, where it's like a montage of him getting better as an actor. <laughs> right, so he's he's at least still progressing in some way. Yes, um, and he's just but, suddenly he's like pointed at the audience, like a barrel of your best guy's gun. <laughs> so and then, like so much more bravado. <laughs> yeah, and then yet again, gets in front of the army and just gets cut down. Oh, like they don't care, they don't care about him. That at transition, all. man, is perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. And like if it was a real army, I feel like they'd be even worse. They'd be so much worse to him at that moment than just oh, for sure. food. You know, <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. brutal. Mm-hmm. and uh it's good because it's so jarring for him and you know it's like it's ripping him apart because that's where he wants to be he wants to be with them but he's like stuck still on the other side of the world here just like again making a mockery of war and uh it's you know it, then when when he sees peggy and she starts talking to him and, he, and he's saying like oh there's a 10 percent boost in bonds every time i do a show or whatever <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know it's like that's not captain america <laughs> like, yeah that's that's not who we are rooting for like it's so weird mm-hmm. so i i do love that it's 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 not too long in the movie, but it's good enough to really tell us more about Steve and to almost postpone it, like Rocky style, just like postpone getting into the action still. So, mm-hmm. it's nice. you know, what? I, I think I remember thinking in the theaters that that whole segment just it felt like it, it dragged on for so long. Mm. Um, but I think the the span of time in the movie where he actually like movie time um, from the beginning, his first set to the time where he gets cut down um, in front of the army. I think it's less than five minutes. Yeah, yeah so it's so actually too. it's actually a very short scene, and I think maybe they just did a really good job of uh, making it seem like a lot of time passes. Like, because I I felt watching it this time that he was in that role for so long that there must have been so much more happening in the war that they must have been losing way more soldiers. Right. Um. And and it's nice that they were able to for me that they were able to do it in five minutes so that we actually have more time for the rest of the movie to actually yes. get him involved in the war like properly yeah yeah um so we do get this interesting moment where peggy's off telling him that the, you know all the guys he just played for or did the stage for are are you know it's only 50 guys out of like a unit of i can't even remember how many it was a whole bunch of guys and they uh they're all pr- imprisoned i think it was as 200 and then 50 came back i think okay 50 guys came back right and yeah. then then she says the number of like what it is and he finds out it's bucky's unit yeah, it's like the, the 101st? 107th 107th yeah yeah okay 107th god i love the numbers of the units that's so cool and that that must be called a something right that's a very specific number like if, yeah, if maybe it's an easter egg true. but i'm not really sure i didn't look it up but it's probably that's something. a good point i don't know <laughs> it could be like a comic book issue or something like the first one that showed the red skull or something like that i'm, I'm guessing but i don't know oh interesting let's see 107 easter egg first avenger 107 107 107 107 i'm seeing nothing so let's skip that <laughs> okay <laughs> um so then um after a long amount of jargon with steve and peggy <laughs> peggy decides to help him and we get this awesome scene of howard stark peggy carter and captain america all off on a plane mm-hmm. to head out to the unit and I, I like that i like how steve is about to get in a jeep first he was gonna walk and then he's gonna get in the jeep he's gonna <laughs> yeah. head out there and then she's like no 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 we're gonna take howard's plane and it's like, oh, sweet. Like, this is cool. Yeah. And then she, she says that he's the finest civilian pilot that she knows. Um, and I wonder if that's supposed to be sort oh. of like a, a tie-in to show, like, that's where Tony gets his piloting right. skills. Because he's I really, never thought about he that. dons the suit and he can fly, like, pretty well, pretty fast. So I that's imagine. That's a really good point. Yeah. I like that. It could it could be. Maybe. that's Okay. Yeah. I'm sure that's what that was. I, I just never got that. But yeah, that's a really <laughs> good callback to it. Because, I mean, Rhodey, he's naturally able to use the Iron Man suit so well because it is made he's, as a He's a pilot. Suit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's Yeah. Oh, man. Good call. I never oh, I never even thought about shucks. that. But that's good. Thanks. But also, we get the more important, do you two 
Do you do? Do you fondue? Yeah. (laughs) Do you fondue? Hashtag fondue. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I I really wanted fondue too. And they just kept bringing it up. (laughs) Wait, did they say what kind of fondue? Because I think in my head I wasn't sure what fondue they were talking about. So I oh the chocolate or the cheese kind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they specified. Uh, probably cha. Wait. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I don't. I have chocolate more often. The cheese one, I think when I just look at it, something about it looks gross. Like it reminds me of just a pool of cheese whiz. And I don't want to eat, eat cheese it. whiz. I want to have like real cheese. I know. So I know what you chocolate. mean. I know what you mean. I, I agree. The chocolate one is better, but the cheese one is very underrated. It's very good. I can see that. Yeah. I just probably need the right foods to eat with it to dip into that cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Like peanut butter. Yeah. Just, yeah. My hand wrapped in peanut butter and dipping it into fondue cheese fondue yes so you do fondue yes um so we get steve infiltrating the facility here it's very metal gear solid in my opinion it seems a lot like the metal gear solid games i don't know if it's trying to be like it or not but it just looks so much like it we got these big cargo trucks coming in he sneaks into the back of one of them and um you know fights those guys in a very cartoonish way yeah their bodies are like hitting the canvas and stuff it's very strange yeah i think it's probably better for him to be doing it this way rather than because like he's he's never actually been involved in war right he he has some training um and he i think he's also playing it smart like he knows he's just one man there's only so much that he can do so Mm. he's gotta um yeah he's gotta just play it all smart right so he doesn't he doesn't really physically get involved a lot until after um he breaks everybody out I'll agree with you. I think it's the smartest way for him to get in here, but I, I think what happens next is really dumb. So he, he gets to the prisoners, and they're all like, hey, who are you? And he's like, I'm Captain America. And he, he then tells them all to riot and run out into the army base. Did he say cause... riot? Not really, but he says, like, run out and go, like, find some guns and just... He, I don't even know his plan, but it's essentially his plan is run out of the base, go get some guns and start oh, shooting things, and then he let's says, get out of here. Yeah, he says, get out fast and give him hell. Yeah, oh yeah exactly yeah. right okay, which is yeah. like that's a little bit too dumb <laughs> like i it, think because yeah. what proceeds to happen is exactly what you would expect to happen a few of these guys start running out and they just get shot right away because they don't have guns mm-hmm. and some of them <laughs> get like, steve what are you doing <laughs> and they're not oh see they're not using their oh no they are they've got they've got those uh the tesseract energy energized guns yeah they they do actually start grabbing some of the guns and some of the guys show that that, you know this was a good plan inevitably um but it's a really dumb plan i feel like there was a better way to get everyone out safely than to just risk everyone dying yeah (laughs) for like for all they knew these guys these hydra guys had like some crazy machine gun that was just gonna mow them all down as soon as they left the building right like yeah it could have been like crazy there actually was really good security too we saw the red skull starting to blow up the facility because he watched Captain America punch two guys and then said, we're outnumbered. Well, Dr. Yeah, just, we're just outnumbered. Because... <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> he saw him punch like two soldiers. And he's just like, better blow up the facility, Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Like, he, he knows that because they have Erskine that, like, the serum must have been used on somebody. I or know. it was it was going to be used by somebody, so... I'm yeah. sure Red Skull's been in fights before where he knows he's outnumbered, though. So I feel like he knows exactly what to do to start shooting the super soldier. <laughs> it's just, it it's is true. funny how terrified he is immediately as soon as he sees Steve do, like, a roundhouse kick on a guy or something. <laughs> he's just like, oh, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I I really like when Cap punches Red Skull and then, like, mm. his, his mask is kind of coming oh, off a little yeah, bit and you yeah, get a yeah. glimpse of that red. And it's, it's really like, well done. 
and it's it's uh it's nice that it's coming out at the eye because it looks so much more like it's not that it's grotesque but it's this it's so much more impactful that like it's <laughs> like i don't know how to explain it but it just looks really well done just having that part of the mask come off that scene is a really good scene in this movie. Um, even if the lines aren't great and it's not super compelling, as far as just symbolism goes and imagery, it's so perfect. You do get the main character and the main villain. This is my Harry Potter thing coming up. But uh, they are in their battle. He punches Red Skull, like you said. Then Red Skull, what does he do? He he ascends. He rips off his face. He becomes the true villain. Mm-hmm. We get to see who he really is. Yeah, this is me, and not behind a mask. Exactly. And just before they actually have their inevitable battle... The next thing that happens is the doctor uh, pulls the lever and they're they're pulled apart physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, we're going to pull them apart. And where are we? We're in the very middle of the movie at that moment. The exact mm-hmm. middle point of the movie. And it's so, I don't know. If it was a better movie, this would have just been so poetic. Unfortunately, <laughs> not the best villain. So it just isn't that great. But if, like, let's say that in a different universe, the Red Skull ended up being the Thanos to the MCU... This moment oh, would have been so powerful. That's like, so It would have true. been so great. Yeah. And uh, it's so interesting to see these two uh, evenly matched guys in this very anime-like battle right here. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it just, it, the potential there was so good. So um, I know it didn't work out, but it could have been great is mm-hmm. all I think. Yeah, I agree. I also I, I, if it's not obvious by now i have a bit of a bias in this movie we're gonna see other movies in the future where i'm just gonna probably not enjoy that much <laughs> and uh there might even be better <laughs> like they probably have better moments than there is in captain america but i just i like this movie it's uh it it speaks to me in some weird way i enjoy it and something about i think because they have uh like there's a lot more depictions of hydra than i remember at least compared to later on later mm-hmm. movies um but mm-hmm. i i Maybe this is something of, uh, like, a call to, like, old-school, um, like, New York gangster crime boss movies. But So the car that he drives, or the, oh, the, the hydro car, that car, it's like, oh, man, it's such a nice-looking car, but it's, like, it's so long, and I it's know, It's really so wide. impractical, but it's and then, beautiful. Yeah, it looks, you just yeah. want to drive that thing. And it's super powerful, like, something that <laughs> only... scratch, Doctor. Yeah, and it's something <laughs> that only, like, a lot of money can buy. And then I think about how he had... Um, he's got, like, this hydro pin... And then there's mm-hmm. a Hydra emblem on the on the front of the hood. Yeah. And it's just what well, I'm thinking about he like gets, he gets in a Hydra plane. He gets in like the skull mobile, you know, he takes the skull <laughs> yeah. rocket like to get out of there. It's very like yeah. Dr. Evil kind of well, thing. It's very yeah. interesting. And I find it's funny that there's all this it's almost like like weird marketing that the that the evildoers have to like go through to plan all this. Like, okay, <laughs> we're gonna make this car. Oh, and don't forget the hydra pin at the very front of it. Exactly. We, we want to make sure everybody knows who we are. Do you guys have the AI file for the for the hydra logo? Is it ready? Is that it's... the transparent one though? Do you get the PNG for us? Because we need it transparent for the stencil. Yeah, yeah. Hi, <laughs> high res, please. High res. We're gonna we're gonna print it out soon. So yeah, high res. Yeah, we're gonna get the hydra website up soon. <laughs> version 2.0 on the way. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah i mean it's funny but i also like it because it's it's like good branding good branding is always great when it's done well and, yeah um, i love obviously... a villain that's got flair too so it, it is interesting yeah it just makes them more recognizable too right mm-hmm. just like like hey yeah. we, we know who they are exactly yeah so it does remind me of cobra from uh or is it oh my god no i'm sorry no gi joe what's what's the other guys oh the cobra kai oh sorry no that's that's no, the, yeah no, the um, um Oh jeez! What are they named? Are are they Cobra? Yeah, they. Cobra. 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 Yeah, they're just from GI Joe. Right. It's it is Cobra, right? They're just Cobra. Because yeah. you're right. Because my brain went to Cobra Kai after that, and I was like, wait. That's yeah, okay. Yes, it yeah, is Cobra. Yes. It reminds me yeah. so much of Cobra. It's a red Cobra thing, and don't the villains kind of do the same kind of thing where they're like, "Hail Cobra," 
Oh like, yeah, got, you're like, so thing. right. Yeah. yeah. So I know it's all kind of very similar anyways, but it just it reminded me of G.I. Joe for a little bit there. And I was like, because oh. mm-hmm. especially when they do the Hail Hydra and they have the two fists in the air. I was just like, this oh, looks yeah. like it's right out of a G.I. Joe cartoon. <laughs> yeah. And well, then after that, when we get the uh, when we get Cap walking back with everybody, they also look like the G.I. Joe. That's like, true. Soldiers. That's true. So, so I yeah. do like that scene, actually, when we get, um, you know, the the general is uh, he's, he's sad because he's like, OK, well, we lost Steve. And you can tell at that moment that he actually did care about Steve. And you're like, oh, oh, general. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. that he cares about um, Peggy and he feels bad for Peggy as well. So he's like, he's feeling that. Mm-hmm. And then you get the theme and the perfect slow-mo walk and all the guys coming back. And it's that's such a good moment. Like, it, it just puts a smile on your face because, again, it hits you emotionally because of actual history. But it's just also a good climactic moment in the superhero storyline as well. So this movie's mm-hmm. doing two things at once. It's being historically accurate to some things. Obviously, yeah. it's not Hydra weapons. But, yeah. um... You know, soldiers who are, are POWs that are eventually get rescued and come back to the base. That is such a raw moment that we can all look at with just happiness. And just, I love that. So, yeah, a moment of uh, like genuine triumph. Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. not just Cap. That's that's one thing this movie likes to do a lot is it's it, it's never just about Cap. It's always about everyone working together as a team. So he couldn't have made that's it to them without... That's a good point. Without yeah, that's Peggy, a really good point. Without Howard, he wouldn't have made it to the POW camp, probably in time to be able to get Bucky and everybody. And he also wouldn't have got out of the place if it wasn't for everybody's team work to be able to get out of there too. So mm-hmm. um, it even though we get Bucky at the end here saying, let's hear for Captain America, which I love. It's, it's, it's a cheesy line, but I love it too. It's just like, yes, bravado. Yeah. But it's also like... Sure, he led them, but they all work together as a really good team. And I just, I love that. Mm-hmm. So I actually, uh, I think I ended my act two here. Um, or did I end it? Let's see. Yeah. I went a little bit further, but not much. I went all the way up until, I, ju- I just did a few more scenes that we'll just go over real quick. Um, I, I actually was kind of doing the same. Like, I was kind of wavering back and forth. I, I was going to name this part, like, Act 2, Part 2. Oh, okay, yeah. From this point on, but... There's uh, not I'll... much more. It's just a little bit more of Steve building up. The reason I, I still put this in Act 2 is because this whole act is about Steve finding out who he is in the war. So he starts at not being in the war. To the end, he's in the war, but fully suited up. So mm. I actually end this act with a montage we get, eventually. Okay, okay. Um, so just the next couple scenes, we get Marjorie Tyrell... Uh, making out with Steve. <laughs> yes. It's funny to see her in this. I was like, whoa, Marjorie, okay. Mm-hmm. And this was after she was Marjorie, I don't was it know. not? 2011? Game of Thrones, 2000... Oh, so I don't... Have... oh I don't, I don't it was so. before then. Yeah, I think it was pre. Ah, okay. Um, So, yeah, she's... um interesting scene and then she's like kissing steve i love how steve just like doesn't know what to do but he also just doesn't hesitate he just is like sure okay <laughs> yeah he's, he's still the same guy who just like has no idea how to talk to women yeah yeah um i really really like how pissed off peggy gets it's really it's it's a good reaction from her i also just love how when he goes to howard he's like so you two really were just fondue <laughs> like he's just like <laughs> it's like just fondue like it's <laughs> yeah uh, and uh, then, uh yeah just uh, good that... scenes all around yeah, and then um, uh, okay. So actually, with Howard, I totally forgot that he is in all these scenes in this movie. Like, I totally forgot that he was even like there was even like a young Howard Stark in this one because we yeah, were talking he's a about big it. Part of Cap. Yeah, we were talking about it uh, last movie, and or sorry, during one of the like like the last recordings, um, probably in Iron Man two, and 
I would. I, I'm pretty sure I was talking as if like we never got a chance to see Young Howard other than when he was in the Peggy Carter TV show. I totally mm. forgot that he was in so much of yeah, he's um, really this involved. Captain America movie, which is yeah, he's really involved, which is which is great, and I find it really. I like that there is a relationship that Cap has that's very evident with a Stark. That's true. <laughs> the more I say Stark, and we talked about like Walter Frey. Yeah, I know. So funny. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, he he builds up. He he has a he definitely has respect for Howard Stark that he builds throughout this movie because like he he works with him at all these times, right? Mm. Um, which like it's it's easy for me to forget later on because of the relationship he has with Tony specifically, and then it isn't until. Um, when Civil War comes out, then for me, that's kind of like the culmination of like, ah, like he's, uh, he respected Tony Stark so much, um, which is why he wanted to protect him from what he knew about Howard and everything. Right. right? So, right. Um, anyway, side note, but, uh, yeah, so he's Howard Stark's in this movie so many more times. And yeah, so he's a very pivotal, pivotal reason to why Captain America doesn't work just alone, but he is, he's always been like a, like a team player. And, and with this moment in the scene, too, is where we do kind of get to see them finally become sort of friends. Because it's also him telling, like, it's him telling Steve, like, I know the way she looks at you. Like, I'm not I'm not wasting my time with girls right now. I like to just focus on work kind of thing, which is funny because I feel like Tony's also the same kind of way. Tony's also very introverted. Um, even though he's a playboy on the outside, he's very introverted and just wants to focus on work. And that's actually why him and uh, what's her name? Peggy Carter? No, uh, Tony Stark's girl. Oh my god, what's her oh, name? Oh, Pepper Potts? Pepper, thank you. That's why him and Pepper work so well. It's because mm. they both end up being quite introverted and working well with their characters. Right. Um, uh, so I just realized we, we missed out a Stanley cameo, which happened just before. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. At the award ceremony. Yep. Uh, and then he's he plays some sort of general or something. And yeah, he says, he's, he's a yeah. leader of a country, I believe, or something like that. And he's waiting to then talk to the Captain America. Yeah. <clears> and then, uh, well, I think he, no, he's just oh, sitting. Oh, is he a general like, of the army? Is that, is that what he's supposed to be? general of, of something because uh, it's somebody I, else that's like waiting to it's i think it's that bonds guy who's waiting to give him the um, oh the yeah work. yeah yeah and then see, yeah, i was he's... i was talking to my fiance and i was looking away and I, as i looked back it cut away from stan lee and i was like oh no i was like we just missed the stan lee cameo but like we yeah. just kept going we didn't, it, <laughs> didn't rewind it's, it so it's super quick he yeah. like uh the other guy comes out to to tell the bonds guy that he yeah, he's there, not gonna be there. like i thought he'd be taller yeah <laughs> Um, and that's it. Okay, yeah. There's that, and then we get Howard then offering Steve his shield, which is funny. He's gone this long and not had the shield, so he's mm-hmm. had his other prototype shields. But this is where he's gonna get his real shield. And uh, I find this scene really weird. He shows Steve like a bunch of different shields, and then Steve's like, "Whoa, what about this one?" And then he's yeah. like, "Oh, no, 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 that's a prototype." And then and Steve's like, "Oh, what's it made out of?" Yeah. He goes, that's made out of the rarest material in the world. <laughs> so then I'm like, for like, one, what, why, is why, this, why is it still a prototype? Why is it a prototype? It's already perfectly shaped as a shield. And for two, yeah. why didn't you offer this first? It's the rarest material in the world. <laughs> yeah, and it's also kind of like a weird flip that he was so... So Howard Stark just seems so engrossed in wanting to show him like all these other cool shields that he made, and yeah. it was like kind of like against giving him the vibranium shield. But right. then all the, then Steve shows his interest, and then now all of a, all of a sudden Howard's like, "Oh well, let me tell you more about this shield." Let me then. tell you why this is the best shield yeah. out of them all. And for some reason, it was at the bottom under a table, under a table on the <laughs> ground, and then Peggy comes out Shoved and away. shoots him. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good, good like, scene for Peggy as well. Just like I don't know if it works. Let's see. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, and it works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, uh, I mean, it is funny. It almost makes me think, like, just before he showed him the shields, 
he was like trying to hide the shields yeah okay so <laughs> i found the one he's like oh i better hide that he's trying to kick <laughs> it under the table <laughs> so i'm just gonna mention this now um before we reveal your act three name my mm. my act three name is called america captain america because so mine starts off at uh like where he's he's in this war well, it starts off, yeah, when he's in the war room um, and he's uh, getting involved in, like, planning this whole strategy for this invasion. And then from there, right. he, he goes off to um, recruit his team. And then he goes to see Howard, and which is basically, like, James Bond's O. And oh, he's, that's true. Or, sorry, no, no, is it Q? No, Q. Q, Q is the one who designs the weapons, yeah. And, it, yeah. yeah, you're right. I was actually going to mention that earlier that he plays kind of Q in this movie, but yeah. Yeah, so he sees his Q. And he's uh, getting led through like all these items and stuff that he's going. Ooh, to be he flirts taking. with the secretary. <laughs> sure, there's that too. Money Penny. Yeah, he yeah. he becomes a he's a womanizer even yeah. without really knowing. And then, uh, <laughs> and then the next scene we see a whole bunch of like him like using all of these gadgets. Gadgets that he's got. Okay, yeah, that's montage. not bad. Um, you know, there, honestly, later, I, I'm but... I'm totally fine with cutting it there because I I like that. I think I think that makes sense. I actually like that better for building up for the act three. So, um, without going forward in what I've got here, why don't we just cut off Act 2 and we'll just jump into Act 3 here then. Okay, sure. So, what was, what was yours, yours called? Is, yours, was, yours was America, Captain America? Yeah, America, uh, comma, Captain, Captain America. America. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, mine is called <laughs> Impale Hydra. Nice. <laughs> so that's, when I was uh, trying to think of a name, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta think of a pun for Hail Hydra. It was just like, as soon as I said that, instantly my fiance is just like, Impale Hydra. And I was like, oh, done. Done. <laughs> just wrote it down right away. I was like, perfect. There, there's not going to be a safe landing, but I can try to force it down. I'll get Howard on the line. He'll know what to do. Now, there's not enough time. The thing's moving too fast and it's heading for New York. I, I gotta put her in the water. Please, don't do this. We, we have time. We can work it out. Right now, I'm in the middle of nowhere. If I wait any longer, a lot of people are going to die. Peggy, this is my choice. Peggy? I'm here. I'm going to need a rain check on that dance. All right, a week next Saturday at the Stork Club. You got it. Eight o'clock, on the dot. Don't you dare be late, you understand? You know, I still don't know how to dance. I'll show you how. Just be there. We'll have the band play something slow. I'd, uh, I'd hate to step on your... Steve? Steve? Steve! <laughs> Stella! <laughs> Uh, sort of a Metal Gear reference, um, oh, okay. uh, but <laughs> it's uh, uh, it sucks that those two, those two just don't get to see another life. And it's something that I was telling my fiance too with this movie. Uh, I think as I watch it more and more and more, I just get so sad that we don't like it, it's what makes Captain America so tragic and so stoic at the same time. He's very much like the Ned Stark to do his use another Game of Thrones analogy in this. He's very much the Ned Stark to the whole MCU because mm. he's a sacrificial stoic character who can't have everything he wants in spite of that he still is stoic and 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 great and and a, a figure for everyone to look up to yeah he's unwavering yeah, yeah. and I it's it's, really it's so sad and just like the whole thing with him and peggy it's like ah if you really think about it just everything that happens to him in life it's it just must be so hard for the guy yeah but oh yeah ah, my heart goes out to him Anyways, in these scenes, you're right. We have kind of a James Bond aesthetic um, where he's getting all his, his gadgets, his, his gimbos, and he's getting ready to go to battle 
And uh, we didn't mention it before, but he had memorized a map with all the Hydra bases on it just by like kind of looking at the map. Mm, I, ju- I just right. got to look, is what he says. Humbling. Yeah, and I think that's <laughs> supposed to be a call back to the beginning of the movie where before they drive over to the facility for the Super Soldier Serum, that he's referencing all these places in Brooklyn where he got beat up. Yeah. So I think we're supposed to just know, like, okay, he has like some sort of uncanny memory. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's just, I guess I he's good at pattern much. recognition. He's just again, he's a good leader. He he remembers he remembers the good stuff or remembers the important information, I guess. Yeah. Um, he's got a good brain. <laughs> that dare be a good brain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this is I gotta admit uh, the, the the end of this movie is a little muddy to me. This this act is probably gonna be my shortest one, just because it kind of just goes by. It, it's very muddled. So yeah. he. So we we kind of get some I'll, I'll say it here i don't exactly know where this is in the movie but red skull kind of veers away from hitler's army and uh there's a scene where he kind of brings in some of hitler's kind of aficionados mm-hmm. and then they're all just like oh the fiona is not happy with you and then he's all like <laughs> oh we'll die then and then he just kind of kills them and then they die and then suddenly out of nowhere red skull just like is now as big as hitler he's got like a whole army of red skulls or um what are they called hydras hydroid yeah. guys and uh, it's weird. I was like, well, how many Nazi guys are now Hydra officers? Like, is this? <laughs> it gets to the point where it's like, World War II is very different in the MCU. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess maybe that's what it's supposed to be. Like, Hydra this whole time, they're just originally Nazis or I something? Guess, yeah, maybe it started as Nazis and it kind of went more to Hydra by the end of it. Because it almost sounds like Hitler got really downplayed by the end of this. So uh, I feel like maybe in the MCU, like... Adolf Hitler is not as evil as a person as, you know, Schmidt is to, like, children. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Like, But yeah. it could be because it sounds mm-hmm. like he's he's got this huge army now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, uh, I, I will say it just up front. This is my least favorite part of the whole film. Um, I like the ending, the, the scene that we just kind of reenacted, but I, I don't really like this because I feel like the film was going somewhere great and it all just falls flat on its face here in these moments, so... Yeah, so I think what I the reason why I don't like Act Three as much as I remember is because yeah, there's um, there are a lot of moments where it just seems like it's less now it's less about Captain America as the character as his, um, as Steve Rogers. I mean, it's less about Steve Rogers and more yeah. just about like okay, now he's he's got his powers, he's got a team, he's got resources, and let's just show him using all of it. Let's just CGI a bunch of stuff and have a bunch of action sets that are. I don't know. In my opinion, not that great. The only thing I kind of like is the motorbike when the the tank is shooting at him. He puts the shield in front of the bike. I, I do like that because you get a bit of like difference in like Steve's way of fighting. But um, it's yeah. just it's just I don't know. So much of it is just not that fun to watch. And I think um, I I think later on when we do Winter Soldier and Civil War, you get a better idea of how you can make the action scenes more fun. Like we said earlier, but it's just right now it's just I don't know. It's it's weird. It just feels off for some reason so it's not yeah. that fun to watch i think okay so one scene um one scene that i recall making me feel like this seems less like now i feel like i'm out of the movie is when um uh so they show that like captain america and the howling commandos uh, did they ever dub them the howling commandos by the way i this? don't know if they said it in there when i saw it written i was like oh that's i didn't catch that so okay yeah because yeah, like he the howling commandos is like dum dum dugan and like yeah. all those other guys that he rescues right Bucky. so <laughs> and yeah exactly about so all he, i can name <laughs> um so he they infiltrate this one place and uh i guess one of like hydra's or one of um, red skull's hideouts um and then they leave and then red skull comes and sees it all like all broken and and a flame 
Um, and he's like gripping his steering wheel, like yeah. really tight and gritting his teeth. And ah. it's like the whole like curses you, which is yeah. like now, the, now I feel like I'm, I'm not watching Captain America, the movie anymore. It's now. like watching like He-Man. I'm, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're, I feel like I'm watching, yeah, some like he's like Skeletor 80s, or whatever. 70s he's like, ah. It was, yeah, <laughs> yeah it no, just yeah. looked very out of place. And I then, agree. The next set of scenes we see because like they're they're pretty much just showing what the howling like Captain America and the howling commandos are actually doing in the army and like how they're benefiting, um like the American side by, like they're just showing how they're contributing. They're also like specifically different countries just to show you because and I think they kind of had to, but it's just to show you that like it's not just America in World War Two, which is smart. I mean they 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 do try to play up the French a little bit. They try to play up. uh, is it Italy? They try to play with the Italian guy a little bit. They try to and play with an Asian guy. Japanese, but he's, he's from... Asian guy, but from New York, just to yeah. make you know that it's not just based on your, your race. So yeah. it's yeah. more your culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I do think that's interesting how they do that. That was smart. I think there's a, there's a black guy who's a translator. So he like knows all the languages or something, it seemed. I, oh, although we right. didn't really get that too much. He was speaking French in one scene, French. but then he speaks like Native American. Sorry, no, he speaks like, I mean, Native he speaks the american tongue natively is what i'm trying to say yeah right <laughs> yeah um anyway yeah so then we we just get a whole bunch of like random scenes at different parts in the war where they're just like fighting and yeah it just seems like we didn't really need to watch all that because it's now it, it almost seems like we're watching a war movie instead of a captain yes. america movie exactly and this whole time like we weren't we weren't getting set up to really watch a war movie per se like yeah in the beginning, i like that he, it's there but it's always been secondary yeah, and so it's it's quick, but it's almost like I don't know. It's just a, a weird amount of focus. Yes, is, is put on these moments, and then it's I, jarring when you get to the Bucky and Captain America together on the train. On and the you're train, sudden, and you're yeah. suddenly like, oh yeah, we're watching like the Captain America movie because yeah, because you, you are out of the more. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and I actually get more of this whole like spy thing because like, like that's what, like you don't see that in the army. People like in the army, they don't jump onto. No. At least that not, we, we've never seen that depicted. I've never seen it's more that like depicted, a Navy but... SEALs kind of thing. Like it's it's very tactical. It's very uh, silent in the shadows kind of thing. Like it's and not really. There's army. a little bit more like sophistication to it. I don't know if that's maybe the right the, the right word, but that's part of why I see this more of still like the that's like the agent aspect, like yeah, um, CIA agents and stuff like that. It's almost heist. the train. Yeah, exactly. It is like a heist, and it's like this is the good guys' way of like getting on board and like doing mm-hmm. what they need to like stop the bad guys. But it's um. Yeah, it's such a weird departure from seeing that right after. Like, I think they wanted to set up, like, this is how the team works together. And then we get on the train, but we don't actually see the whole team working together. Well, it's just just too long, you know? It would be too long of a movie to really put all that in there. It's almost like you needed a second movie for that. But it's a story they didn't even need to tell. So, yeah, it is very strange. Yeah. And and then we see uh, Bucky fall. And if we learn anything... Wait, just before Bucky falls, though... Yep. I'm gonna be building a case in these all in these these 22 films why okay. Bucky Barnes should be the next Captain America. Right, uh, and he <laughs> holds Captain Shield in this movie, and he does it in the way where he should be the next Captain America, and they almost play up to the point that he would be the next Captain America. It's actually to the detriment of him. It actually is what knocks him out of the whole train is by holding the shield and getting hit by the laser blast. He goes flying out of the train. I mean, arguably, arguably he would have died anyways, but still, yeah. Oh, maybe it saves his life then, I guess, but regardless anyways i'm gonna be building that case throughout this whole journey and uh it starts with that moment of him with that shield okay as a retort just thinking out loud i almost feel like because they portrayed him holding the shield and getting knocked out right away it's almost like you're not captain america and you're not gonna be captain america <laughs> he doesn't have the super soldier serum yet 
<laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so he falls, and then Cap... You know, my fiance brought up something interesting. She's like, I feel like Cap would jump down there. And I was like, yeah, but they're on the mission. And she's like, yeah, but, like, the guy's already, like, captured. Because the other guys were already coming down and capturing the Zo- Zoha guy or whatever his oh, name is. Zoloff? Zoloff. So he was already getting captured. So she's like, I feel like Cap would have tried to go and get him. And I was like, yeah, he might have. It is weird that he just kind of stands there. He goes like, Bucky. <laughs> whatever he does. But I guess, like, okay, so... I maybe he wouldn't do it only because like they didn't have I guess they could have flubbed it if he had the equipment I guess that he could have done it's not part of the mission it's definitely not something a soldier should do it's just it is weird it shouldn't be weird it just it feels weird in the moment when Bucky just suddenly falls and Cap just like he doesn't accept it but he just is sad I mean I do really like the next scene where he's trying to get drunk and he can't get drunk yeah, and like that at least shows you the emotion that he's having, so that's mm-hmm. that's smart. But uh, it, the actual moment of Bucky falling is is awkward somehow. It's it's clunky. I don't know why. Yeah, and side note: if his metabolism bur- is burning four times faster than the average human, shouldn't he be hungry more often? Like, yeah, he we wanna... never see him eat. He yeah. never eats. Yeah, like that's what I was wondering. I was like, he gets the super soldier serum. He gets all beefed up. Now, does he have to maintain that body, or does it just stay that way? Well, I think, like, the serum that's in him, like, uh, Dr. Erskine mentioned, like, how, how it works. Like, you inject these things that, like, they trigger something in your muscle cells, and then then you then they give him the radiation, and that, like, juices all of that up. And so I, I guess it's supposed to be, like, a sustained thing. So can he Be- not get fat? I, I guess not. Can he just not, eat because, a bunch yeah. of pizza and just be fine? Yeah. I mean, he's going to eat a falafel in the next movie we watch, but... Yeah, I was, I was just thinking about that, too. <laughs> But uh, um, yeah, he's yeah. he's fine, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. It doesn't matter all that much. But um, it does matter. Th- these are the things that are important to people. <laughs> we want to know. We want to know how his body works and how much he can eat. Captain America, how good is your metabolism? <laughs> could you eat this whole pizza and show us? Um, could you win a hot dog eating contest? <laughs> probably could. Yeah, definitely. Not fair though. No heroes allowed. Got to no be prejudiced against allowed. heroes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's he was roiding for the game, so it wouldn't have made sense. <laughs> uh, All just for the hot dogs. So we get, um, after the Bucky stuff, I again, I don't really remember. He, he just kind of goes off to go to the Red Skull's base, I guess because Zoloff lets them know that... Let me double check on his name. I'm not sure if it is Zoloff. I think maybe Zoloff is like a... Is that a... Like a Dr. Medicine, like Zoloff. Sort of prescription? <laughs> Dr. Zohar. He's... Z-bar. Uh, Zuba. Do- oh, Zola. That's what Zola. Dr. Zola. Zola. Doctor, not a scratch, Doctor Zola. Um, so, uh, Zola talks to Tommy Lee Jones. They have their little banter back and forth. The I believe steak he looked really good. It did look good. I, I believe really he reveals it. he reveals the location to the Skulls Fortress. I think. Uh, I don't recall. I think by now. That, I was see, this really is what I mean. I get. Steak. I really lose the details here in this moments of the movie. It's, I even watched a recap just before we did this, so I'm, I'm not that dumb. It's just, it's honestly, it's a little bit hard to understand how they got from here to suddenly being in a car chasing down the blimp. Because it really, really feels like it just jumps ahead to this moment where Cap is now with Peggy and with Howard and with the the general, and they're suddenly just in a car trying to get to the blimp. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's like, I don't know. It, it, 
it just feels very rushed and now steve's on this mission where he's suddenly there at the blimp where the red skull and it's like okay like (laughs) (laughs) it felt like they just had to get there and the editors just found their way and i did i didn't watch the deleted scenes but there was a few deleted scenes on there and i was wondering if that fills in those gaps a little bit better but hmm yeah yeah uh maybe yeah then i guess that's just another reason why act three just didn't really do a good of a job as good of a job as as the first couple acts yeah Yeah. um so i don't really have much more to say until he gets onto the blimp and then starts fighting the red skull do you have anything before that um let me look at my notes and troops running in carter with no helmet uh i can do this all day says it again oh but that's when he's already on the wait no, he's not on the blimp yet. Yeah, I can do this all day is when just before they get on the blimp. Mm. Um, Carter, kiss, car stops, one last look. All my notes, really, everything's just so, like, meaningless. So, yeah, final showdown. Um, and then my my notes before it started, like, I wrote down, like, is there actual combat, question mark? Because, yeah. like, this whole time, you know, we, we built up, we waited to the whole, we waited throughout the whole movie for them to meet to actually engage in, like, a full-on battle because super they soldier fight yeah which i like you'd mm. expect that's something that you would have seen a little bit earlier right like super it, soldier sumo is how they should have fought Ooh, triple s um <laughs> i get and it, you know maybe it would have been cliche if they if they had an encounter earlier and knowing that red skull has had this serum longer that he was able to defeat captain america because captain america just wasn't used to his body yet and then we come we come to this point later on where Captain America like he's just gained all this knowledge now and he's able to overcome Red Skull. But then yeah, maybe that would have been too cliche, and so we just skip to the very end where finally they have like a hand to hand combat, which also doesn't really last that long at no. all. I uh, there's a moment in Metal Gear Solid in the series where two characters are enhanced with a similar serum that's very similar to the Super Soldier Serum, and mm-hmm. it makes them. They're like older men, but it makes them quite powerful. And they're fighting each other, but they're both so prolific in fighting that they end up perfectly matching each other. And it's very anime, but they just end up like fighting exactly to their own moves. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like wearing each other down exactly at the same time to just whittling down and down and down to the point where they're exhausted. They fall over. And then they both look at each other in that battle-hardened spirit. They both, and it's it's weird, but they both grab the serum and they inject it into each other's necks so that mm. they both get back up and fight again. And it's so good. It's so interesting because it makes you just realize that, like, it is pointless for the battle. But it's so much more than just a fight. It's it's about the story you're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they, that, that that's what was missing in this fight here. Their fight was so lacking in any kind of motivation. It's just the two of them going, rah! <laughs> like, yeah, and, like, the fight... Okay, so, leading up to that, like, he, he had to get on, like, um, he had to stop those other planes from taking off and heading toward, like, those other destinations. Uh, those, like, little mini planes. Mm. Um, and then he finds his way back and crashes it back into the, 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 the craft to fight Red Skull. But then, you know, now that we're fighting him... So, the thing is, we just saw cap literally hanging on to this little mini plane like he humans don't do that you don't hang on to a plane and live right yeah so we're, we're seeing this like such great amount of power um for him to overcome these feats and all of a sudden now he's fighting red skull but because they're evenly matched it just looks like two regular guys fighting yeah so the impact of captain america's super soldier serum or just his abilities has now it just like the scene makes it so much more diminished because we're like we're not really seeing a fight that is uh it's about 
Steve Rogers as a character. We're just literally seeing this man try to stop another man. Exactly. There's no storytelling to their fight at all. Every combat scene should always have storytelling to it. It's got nothing in there. So it's boring, unfortunately. But then we have the inevitable um, uh, Tesseract taking Mm. over the Red Skull. And he does sort of uh, some kind of teleportation disintegration thing that at the moment when they were making this movie i don't really think they knew exactly what they wanted to do with this they just kind of wanted to freeze him in time a little bit mm. but uh later audiences now will be looking back on this we know that the tesseract contains the space stone so uh it's actually it must be teleporting him and inevitably teleporting him to whatever that world is that he ends up becoming a guardian i, I would assume is where he goes directly to but maybe maybe there's a journey on the way there i'm not sure but it must teleport him somewhere else. And then the stone, mm-hmm. or the uh, the Tesseract then falls through and outside of the blimp. Which I forgot about. I, I had no idea where the Tesseract was by the end of this movie. And uh, I was interested to see that it, it does inevitably just kind of leave and then get discovered again. Um, yeah, I guess, so how did they, was that in the post? No, that wasn't post-credit scenes. That was no, it's just, uh, it's a really quick scene of um, Howard. Howard Stark finding the uh, the Tesseract and just yeah, like by digging finding, it out. Like, the, the trails of energy or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because, it, again, it's another thing of Iron Man in a way leading, or uh, uh, let's say Captain America leading the way for Iron Man to be developed later on. Because I would assume mm. that Howard would have used that to start coming up with the ideas for his arc reactor technology, right? Because um, the arc reactor doesn't come up at all in here with the expo or any of that kind of stuff. So yeah. I'm wondering if it's after he sees the Tesseract that he starts to understand a little bit more about these sciences and learning the arc reactor stuff, which is what gets Tony all into Iron Man anyways. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah, it's the birth of Iron Man just by all of that. Uh, and then we have the famous scene that we already recreated of Steve bringing the bird down. So sad. Bird down. Yeah, it is a sad scene, but uh, it's inevitable to get Steve to where we want to see him anyways mm-hmm yeah very true i mean in, um, al- in an alternate universe where we saw a captain america 2 where he actually stayed in the 1940s and we got to just see him live the life in the 1940s that would have been fun too mm-hmm. i would have liked that there could have been like a little spinoff like or behind the scenes stuff or uh extra footage for endgame you know knowing that he oh does yeah of, like, go back right that would have been nice yeah yeah oh they should have done that just showing a, a clip of sebastian stan and chris evans but like in their military uniforms mm. like younger oh it would have been great it would have been cool yeah um let's see stark finds a tesseract and then oh yeah yeah yeah. so um well maybe this is a little bit after uh let's see so he crashes it he's in this uh uh land he in this place where apparently the landscape just keeps changing all the time which is why they finally uncovered it in the beginning of the movie um and Mm. then after that is is it the end of the war or like the scene where everybody's celebrating it looks like it is. I think it's Victory Day or V Day. I think that's what they're trying to portray. Yeah. Oh. Okay. But again, this is kind of alternate history here, so I'm not really too sure. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then we see. Uh. Let's see. We we see a kid with a garbage can. Mm-hmm. As the uh, as the Captain America shield now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, which is good because again, he becomes a symbol. He becomes the literal shield. So it's. Yeah. I've always liked that about Captain America. He is a sacrificial character to be representational of shielding the world right which is funny because it's actually what iron man ends up taking on for mcu is trying to literally build a shield around the world mm-hmm. and he kind of acts as the shield like a few times too like mm-hmm. the first one being in uh, which in Avengers i think is well. why steve and tony end up having so many arguments because they're both actually trying to find ultimately the same thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so i've i've got the hospital room of steve waking up 
Well, let's go there. Because, uh, yeah, there's pretty much not, not much else that we can talk about that. Everything else in the middle is kind of just like, yeah, okay, that happens. Yeah, again, yeah, <laughs> I, I, it kind of just plummets for me. It's the, the the going to just the action bullet points. There's not as much that happens in the end here. So much of this movie is the first act. Um, but yeah, him waking up in the hospital room. This is a weird one because he wakes up in the hospital room and he he looks unsure. And when the nurse comes in to just be all like chill with him, he instantly knows something's up. And the reason he knows something's up is because he's heard the. He's heard that baseball game before because he was there. He was at it. Yeah. So the but baseball that's... game. What? Well, okay. So we already know he's got a good memory, right? So I guess that's what it's supposed to be. Like the baseball game is from 1941. Yeah. And the war that he was taking part in, like when he was taking part in the war, it was 1942. Yeah. So it was uh, like within a year after that. So I guess it was like a really memorable game. But what so... if you're shield and you're building this fake hospital bed why would you play any recordings from, from from before he went to the war? Like you would, you would only want to play from 19, let's say 42. Cause I mean, he's going to have military records of when he signed Actually, up. Yeah, so just literally true. look, you would only look at the year and then anything after that, because regardless you're trying to simulate as if he just woke up from this crash. Yeah. So you would, you would want it to be months after the crash, best case scenario. But if you don't know, then just look at his military records and go years anything after that time it just seems like such a weird thing to misstep for shield and uh, yeah and they must know exactly when like a roughly around the time when he did crash so they yeah. know yeah that's a good at point. least they know when he enlisted so it's it's very strange um but still whatever it is what it is it's, it's a fun moment where he's again using his brain and his logic to understand that something's up and he breaks out like a like a ravaged animal yeah. <laughs> breaks he, out of well, his cage he he breaks out almost like um like what he did when he first like became the super soldier yeah exactly like crashing into the the side windows and stuff like that like he is quite abrasive bull in a china shop kind of thing mm -hmm. and just running out on the streets yeah yeah ignoring so cars <laughs> nick fury nick freaking fury <laughs> captain america like uh, nick just comes out of everywhere just always like welcome to the adventures <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and there was a lot of memes at this time because it was becoming a joke already it was just like and then nick fury shows up yeah, that's, well that's pretty much what it is it's just like yeah. you watch the movie okay congratulations you were exactly. an avenger yeah, yeah all the endings are just they're, they're very similar to that and then they kind of do it twice because they do it there he's just like He's like, sorry to wake you up like this, Cap, kind of thing, but the world needs you. And then, like, it goes to the credits and the after credit scene. Now, there's actually two, but the one that I saw was the him punching the bag in the gym. He's punching the bag, and then Nick Fury comes in to recruit him for the Avengers. And I was like, we kind of just went over this. Like, this just happened already, Nick. So, it is kind of funny. Yeah. Wait, there's two post-credit scenes? Yeah, another one, one and, and, and I couldn't find it, but it's it's what I saw in the theaters, and it was the trailer to the Avengers. Oh, okay, so on Disney+, Plus, it is the trailer for the Avengers. Oh, okay. And, well, I'm sorry, the trailer comes up right after the scene with Nick Fury. Oh, so they, they played the trailer? Oh, so maybe if, there's just two at the end of the movie then. Okay, I stopped it after the Nick Fury scene. But they might have... Uh, maybe they played it differently in the theaters i, I don't know for sure. no but... i they because i did recognize the nick fury boxing uh gym scene so i just kind of thought that it was an alternate one that i had seen somewhere else um okay well i didn't realize that but i remember that being a big moment in the theater seeing the avengers trail that's what i like came to see so like i was mm -hmm. so excited to see that moment and now that you've shown captain america this whole time it's like okay well this will be interesting to see him in the modern day but i was so much more interested in thor and iron man at that time that i didn't really care much about cap 
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, I agree with you. Now that I'm watching, like watching it again, knowing that the post credit scene was basically just what we had at the very end of the movie. Like, it, why it's was weird. That? It's it's yeah. a it's kind of just like instantly like yeah, you're the Avenger. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. Um. One thing is that apparently this was supposed to be Fogsworth's gym. Fo- what's his name? Fogworth. Foggy. Foggy's gym from uh, Daredevil. So. Oh, cool. Foggy Daredevil. Nelson? Yeah, Foggy Nelson. Uh, his dad owned a gym that was like oh. in the comics for Daredevil all the time, and that oh, gym, cool. I believe, was like a boxing. It had like a boxing ring in it, and it had something to do with Matt Murdock's dad as well. And this scene here where Cap is punching in here, I believe this was originally going to be that gym and they were going to kind of connect this into an inevitable Daredevil movie that we're going to do. And then they just did the Netflix Daredevil stuff and they didn't really connect it. But I just put a note down for that because I remember at the time there was so many people talking about it being like, this is going to be like tied into Daredevil and stuff. And it was like so cool. And unfortunately, it never mattered. (laughs) You know, I wonder, okay, so it's this isn't the first time that there was some sort of, uh, I guess like the MCU did something to um to ensure that they have something to use for later on so like mm. you mentioned like the whole tesseract with um with red skull that he got zapped up and then they kind of like could potentially use him elsewhere just because we don't know exactly what happened but now with this like with the boxing ring thing i wonder if like when they're writing stuff out when they're actually like um storyboarding the whole movie that when they get to something they're somebody's just like oh uh okay who owns a boxing ring anybody in the mcu owns a boxing ring can we just put steven there? oh yeah and exactly, then, then yeah. we can use it later on can we or... hopefully try to connect that yeah yeah like i'm curious to know, like how the brainstorming works for that i'm not sure but i wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of like that <laughs> yeah i guess because <laughs> i don't know how else you do it right yeah but i guess they just have to get those people that really know the comics not us but <laughs> people that really definitely know the comics not us we just we just watch the movies and rip them apart. Um, okay, we took a little bit longer on this one, but that's fine. It's one of my favorites, so it's fine to take a little bit longer. That's okay. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, um, yeah. Under two hours, and I'm still happy. So, nice. uh, Anthos, what was your worst character for this film? Oh, boy. Um, I'm not sure. You go first. <laughs> uh, worst character. Who did I not like? Who did I not like? I'm going to have to go with Red Skull even though he was better this time than I was expecting. I was shocked how much I liked him this time around, but mm-hmm. his doctor guy ends up playing way better. And the scene that the doctor really convinces you as a good sidekick is when he's being interrogated by Tommy Lee Jones. And he yeah. goes, um, he goes, Oh, he believes he's a God. And then the guy's just like, Oh, well, obviously he's crazy. So why would you even want to follow somebody like that? And he's like, because he is. And like, just the way he's so convincing at that moment, you're just like, yes, like he's a good guy. But the red skull for some reason just plummets. He just, he loses any kind of sense of motivation or threat over the mm-hmm. course of the movie. So he's my worst character in this film. Okay. I think I might have to agree with you on that one only because yeah, there's a lot of moments where like you, we have these expectations of him because he's got all this confidence and, and also because he's the villain mm. and it just like, yeah, it just, I, it's not as entertaining to watch him go through his arc. Um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what is your best character in this film? Oh boy. I want to say, you know, when I was, I actually thought about this question throughout, like when I watched the movie the other day and I was thinking that it was Dr. Erskine. Um, but I think it's only because I just always like Stanley Tucci and everything he does. He's so good. Hunger Games. He's so good in the Hunger oh, Games he's movies. he's great in Hunger Games, yeah. man. Um, and also like Devil Was Prada. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I, I love him in everything he does. Um, I just, I think we needed more time for him in order for him to be mm. like the best, get the best character mantle. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, 
I don't know. I I kind of have a toss up between him, um, Doctor Phillips, and Peggy Carter. <laughs> so it's like a three way tie. Oh, General, the General Phillips. Oh, sorry, did I say Doctor Phillips? Uh, yeah. General Phillips yeah. and Peggy or Carter. Ooh, Colonel interesting. Colonel Phillips. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Colonel um, Phillips, right? Colonel. I keep forgetting. Colonel Phillips. I think just because like they they seem very, uh, like their care their characters the way they are seem so pivotal for the reason of uh for, um for things that captain america kind of has to like learn yeah from. for steve's development they're so pivotal for his development throughout yeah. this film and bucky as well for that matter yeah bucky um, too exactly yeah so my favorite was going to be the doctor as well if you didn't say him but okay. it was it was a tie like it was him and the colonel they are so fun i laughed so many times in this movie just on their lines and i forgot yeah. how funny they are in this film but my favorite it was still gonna be steve just because steve rogers like the movie is really steve's movie and it convinces you on Steve. And that's all the movie's trying to do is convince you that Steve is genuinely a good person who mm-hmm. is now a hero. And yeah. he's the first Avenger. And I don't know. They just they do a good job of telling me that. And by the end of this movie, you like Steve. Mm-hmm. You might not like everybody else during the ride. You might not like where the ride went. But you like Steve no matter what. Yeah. So. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Cool. Um, okay. Which, uh, which question do you want to ask? uh let's go with this this one might be fun uh, okay this one you go so ahead. despite what the sequel led to what direction do you think it could have gone uh yeah so it does move into the bucky and steve territory which is kind of exactly where i wanted it to go but despite it moving that way um i do think Hmm. Well, okay. I like the whole Steve and Bucky stuff, and that's definitely what I wanted, but let's go a different way. I think that could have stayed, but we actually, I, I really wish we kept the Red Skull. So I wish there was a way that maybe the Red Skull mantle got taken up by somebody else mm-hmm. who maybe didn't actually have the deformity or anything like that, but was still like with the moniker of the Red Skull. Okay. Um, and they were the evil arch nemesis. They were still had like a German accent kind of thing. And they were still pulling the strings behind a lot of stuff. And Hydra would have still been a big part with again, a red skull, uh, baddie. Cause I, I really like the red skull being, uh, an enemy for the whole MCU, just as Loki mm-hmm. could be just as, uh, Thanos inevitably is. Um, yeah. and I just, I, I think that would have been a better sequel to lean into that instead of the whole government spy stuff with Hydra. I think it would have been better to still have that big baddie, but, um, I, I understand it didn't have to work out that way, but I just, I would like to see that. Okay, cool. Nice. Um, I like that. I like the idea of bringing back the, like the moniker of Red Skull, just because it would have been nice to see a little bit more progression in their, uh, their relationship with Captain mm-hmm. Red Skull. Um, I was thinking that if it didn't like, okay, so it would still have to take place in present day because that's where the movie ends off. And I would be curious to see if they, if they were to take a route where Cap says, I don't want to be a part of this yet. Like, I'm not ready for this. I'm a, I'm a soldier. And he uh, ends up, like, wanting to still fight, like, enlist in the army or whatever, and mm. then maybe uses that time and resources to potentially search for Bucky. Um, and then uh, in the midst of that, actually, it would be kind of cool if that's where he then encounters, like, the moniker of, of Red Skull, who was right. doing his own kind of, like, um, uh, side, side missions kind of under the radar. Um, but that's... Uh, but that's uncovered because Captain America has um, uh, has involvement in the army, which leads him to that. Um, but then I think because of the limited resources he gets through the army, that and because I, I would see that Shield is probably on on the lookout for any kind of notion of um, 
like more abnormal things like the Red Skull moniker or something Hydra-esque mm. that they would be involved in. They would kind of cross paths with Cap, like being a soldier and Cap realizing like, okay, well, I don't have the resources where I have, uh, I don't have the resources being in the army, but um, but if I work together with S.H.I.E.L.D. like this one time, then we can get this job done kind of thing. So it could potentially work out in a story like that, maybe. Who knows? I like that. Yeah. I think that'd be good. Cool. Thanks. Um, okay. Well, do you have any final thoughts then for the movie? Um, I give it an A for Captain A America. Nice. <laughs> nice. What about you? I like it. Um, yeah, I'm in the same boat again. I have a huge bias for the film. Uh, I understand that it's not perfect by far, but there's so many good things that were done in this movie that I, I think get overlooked uh, in the long run just mm-hmm. because Winter Soldier is very good and Civil War also has some really, really good moments for Captain America as well. So uh, I just feel like this one, th- like without this, those aren't as great, but that doesn't mean this movie is perfect. It just, it has so many good moments and I'd love to call them out. So yeah, yeah. I, I was happy to watch it again. Every time I watch it, it's a little bit better and uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, definitely fun. Glad we watched it. I'm glad we're we are going through it like this because yeah, as we said that there's a lot of things that we're catching now which yeah. we wouldn't have caught before. And I think that's really like I really appreciate that because I enjoy these movies. So if I can get more out of it, mm-hmm. then I think it's it's really worth my time and so Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like, going forward, it's going to be so much fun to see what we actually notice in these movies that maybe we didn't see earlier cuz I I'm not like a comic book aficionado or anything like that, so I don't know all the ins and outs to all this so what we can catch is just exciting so it's fun mm-hmm. yeah uh okay well with that thank you guys for listening to this podcast be sure to catch us on our next marvel marathon episode the avengers which is actually going to finish off phase one of the mcu i can't believe it but we're almost done phase one already yeah it was it took a while but it was also quick in a I weird guess. way yeah it yeah. goes by fast even though it's for us every two weeks that we're doing these so <laughs> yeah yeah. Ah, I'm trying to hear the Avengers theme song in my head. How does it go? Dun dun da dun 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 Oh no. Oh my god, it's in our theme song. Oh, that was Okay, I'm going to have to redo it on keyboard when I was doing the intro anyways, and I forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Nice. Anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. We'll see you in another episode. Bye-bye.